Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Get a creamy Oreo frappe or McCafe smoothie for less with 20% off any purchase of $10 or more. Only on the app. Limited time only at participating McDonald's. Valid one time per day. Visit McDonald's app for details. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is one of our last shows in this current iteration of the studio. We're changing it. We're ch- we're about to do a huge re refurb, redo, reboot. That's right. Next time you tune in, it'll be all new people. We had Gigi Gorgeous <laughs> at our uh, Gigi Gorgeous, the great Gigi Gorgeous. Um, if you don't know her, Google her. She came to our Christmas party last night. I like your your sweater. It Thank looks you. like you on a fitness empire. Thank you. Yeah. I I may I might one day. I know I, I look like um I am You look go- like a power lesbian who loves to work out. <laughs> Don't you think that I look right now you like, look like Serena Joy? Oh, with this collar. Thank you so much. You look like oh, if the, you look like oh, if the women like. of Dynasty went to like a yoga class. <laughs> I feel yes. I feel like You're I like the lady who invented apple cider vinegar, but she's working out now. <laughs> I feel like I um could play the woman that invented Lula Rose. Yeah, oh, yeah, totally. Then you haven't seen her. No, I just mean like I no, I mean in essence. Her essence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like I could be a uh, uh, MLM marketing uh, genius guru mm. from um, Sarasota in a seventies. Oh, sure. Absolutely, like yeah. scandal. I see that. You know what I mean. Like, I feel like a. You're I don't like know. getting on a flight to Miami to give like a motivational speech. Yes, at the Scientology. Like you're Center. getting on a flight back from Miami because you had a BBL. <laughs> What's a BBL? Brazilian butt. No one knew what that was. Everyone, everyone knows what that is. Oh. Did you know? Yeah. Oh. That's impressive. Wow, the I know stuff. You know what else is impressive? Impressions. <laughs> Impressive impressions. Is that the etiology of it? Impressive impressions. Because look, here's the thing about impressions. If <laughs> you're a lot of, I would like to have a segment called this Here's is, the Thing. This is the Merriam-Webster episode of the podcast. <laughs> Jesus. This it there's a there's everything's got their thing. Here's the thing. Mm-hmm. It, my I don't want to say what's the deal with. That's the Paula Poundstone version. Again, mm-hmm. Google it. Between Googling <laughs> Gigi Gorgeous and Paula Poundstone, your algorithm is about to get wild. Yeah, when will Paula Poundstone want this shirt back? You know what? <laughs> Paula Poundstone did blazers. I do not think Paula would have fucked with the shirt. I don't shirt. think she would have it's, either. It's mm. what I would if like. she went to Disney World or something, she might want to wear that. It, it's, it's what, I, if she went home. to a Hungarian rehab in the 70s, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> or what's, or a leisure world. <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, uh, stay focused. What is next? Impressions. The thing is, <laughs> so, focus. you have to. <laughs> I'm in it. But the problem is there's just, when it's four of us, my brain starts to be like, I get a lot of things come and I have to just, like, it's like, um, like tennis, you know, when there's a tennis machine. <laughs> you're like, oh, you're yes. like, I'm way too mad at everyone. It's I mean, like, there's too happening. many, I'm, there's just too many This balls. is how you play tennis? Well, there's a microphone yeah, she has in front of me. Hand. She did T-Rex. You look at her. I, there's a microphone in front <laughs> of me. And I'm sorry, Grace. Well, I don't, I don't specialize in making comically loud noises while the podcast is going on. <laughs> <laughs> Grace is gonna have that job later on in life where you make the sounds for horror movies. You know the like, crunch yes, corn. Yeah, I'm yeah. training to be a foley artist. A foley artist. <laughs> that's what they're called. That's a foley that's what, artist. That's what, like, this, like it's, uh, this is word of the day. 
For but don't do it to make the point either. You could describe it. For our audio listeners, Whitney is wearing a green oh, velour zip-up uh, with intense shoulder pads, shirt with shoulder pads, and a high and collar. Ruching. I am dressed like <laughs> and double you- pins. Double pinstripes that lead down to a point at her belly button. I am dressed <sighs> like a Ukrainian gymnastics mm-hmm. Olympic gymnast trainer from the seventies who absolutely molested the girls. No, it looks like the <laughs> first. It looks like the first layer of a Barney costume. Get that out of the park. No, <laughs> wait, no, that's the most accurate description. <laughs> Remember Baby Bob? Yeah, your Baby Bob page. <laughs> and so, impressions. They, here's the thing. I'm fascinated by impressions because, you know, we did impressions before on the show. Mm-hmm. I believe that we have a stable, not mentally stable, <laughs> we have a stable of talent here. Stout. On stout. the show. <laughs> Say it. Stout. Say, say it. Say it. <laughs> Live it, work it, dream it, believe it. Uh, me being in the weeds. Why isn't this just called in the weeds? Um, impressions. So there's something in your inner ear that makes you able to hear other people. It's like a genetic. To be able to hear it and then replicate it and know how you sound. Melissa Villasenor has it. Oh, Chloe she. Feynman. Chloe Feynman. Mm-hmm. To be able to match, a, like see, mirror someone that well yeah is um there was some like uh, article about how if you can do an impression of someone there's a chance you might have been related to them interesting it, which is crazy crazy because it is so hard to mimic someone else yeah, that specifically that well. yeah which is why i can do the the cowardly line from wither of oz so well mm-hmm. action <laughs> i'll give you a roof and the groove and the growl wasn't that good? Was that the line though? Yes. Oh, Did you just rewrite the Wizard of Oz? That is the line. I'll I thought give it you was a rough. smoke you out. No? Smoke you out. He wasn't. He wasn't on drugs. Oh. I'm glad we're talking about this because we have a big Wizard of Oz arc <laughs> in the upcoming show with Renan Hirschberg oh, that we are no. going to get into. <laughs> Which I did know. <laughs> I'm just obsessed. I'm obsessed with impressions. I'm obsessed with mimicking mimicry. I'm obsessed with um, all... <laughs> obsessed with making other people watch your hobby. All the, <laughs> all the... I'm obsessed with all... Yeah, emotional knitting. I'm obsessed with all of the the wildly talent... The, wild, the secret talents of... Um, mm. of Bees. Of y'all. And <laughs> we had impressions. We did these a while ago. Emily, you had some impressions. I did you. I, you did an impression of me. I did you. And then who else it did I do? It ruined our friendship. Who you, no way. Mine was nice. Oh, oh really? We'll you, see. You Brace is doing Whitney. one of you today. Uh, you, you just did Whitney last time, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's okay. We're not friends. <laughs> right before Christmas? <laughs> just to lead us into my first uh, muse was Dolly Parton. Dolly Parton's your favorite. She's my fave. I love her. Dolly Parton is invincible. She Mm -hmm. sends books to every child in the country. No one's got anything on her. Under five years old. There's a rumor that she has uh, her hands. uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, tattoos. Arms are completely tattooed. What? Which is why she wears those hand gloves. Oh, Wait, that would be so. That her uh, her arms are completely tattooed. That would be so interesting. I know. The most gangster shit ever. Now I must. But also, why hide them? Yeah. Well, she wears a wig every day. She wears a wig every so single day. Why are we? Why she sleeps in makeup? Why? Because she says, "What if what if the building catches on fire and she has to run out real quick?" Why are the hair closer to God? That's but true. But let me ask you a question: If someone, if a Kardashian said that, you'd hate them. No, I wouldn't. I'd well, like, you wouldn't. I'd be like, "Hell yeah, be." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's see, Emily Noonan. Hi, y'all. Come on down to Dollywood. Everybody thinks I typed out nine to five by my nails, click clacking on my typewriter, but really it was like this. 
This month for Imagination Library, I'm sending out this book. I don't want children to be unaware of red flags and ancestral trauma. Why didn't you say the name of the book in your impression? <laughs> she holds up my book and doesn't say the name of my book. No, that free, is, no free promo. That is like You didn't pay me. I, I'm not in on the ground. Hashtag sponsored. I stacked all my pads in my bathroom, placing them on top of one another like playing a game of Tetris. Tweet it, blog it, retweet it, screen grab it. Is this dumb? <laughs> I, I love when Emily just... Dolly Parton would never doubt herself that way. Jolene, 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 Jolene. Can we afford that? Can we? Are we allowed to sing? Dolly? Less than 30 yeah, seconds. Sure. 30 okay, seconds. great. Can I afford it emotionally? <laughs> well, let's see. <laughs> She's not going to take my husband because no one's ever seen him. That's the other trick with impressions. Okay, so if you're not ex... You know, this is a master... I'm doing a master class. They haven't asked me... <laughs> But this is a masterclass. They're getting one. Which is, if you can't do a great impression of someone because you're not, like, you know, you genetically don't have, gifted. I, I, I was, I was getting to it. I'm I got it. So, oh, you know, I'll just go. I'll just go I home. got it. Well, you well butrin mannequin. I'll just go home. I'm an Adderall mannequin. You're a well butrin mannequin. I can't use that because it gave me sores in my mouth. <laughs> that oh my wasn't God. what it was from. <laughs> I walked right into that. That's not what did that. Please stop moving paper as a joke around the microphones. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Is that... uh, that We have fun. Is that if you... (laughs) Is that if you cannot do uh, a a perfectly... Like an impeccable impression because you have like a... The ability, Mm -hmm. the uh, very arcane ability to hear, you can do like good jokes. That is an excellent joke. I love that you shut this down to go, so if you're really bad at impressions like Emily is, (laughs) I'm just saying, look, we're TikTokers. I'm talking to you. If you can't do great impressions, because it seems like this is everybody's career plan now, (laughs) listen to Auntie Whitney. (laughs) I'm I'm giving a masterclass on how to do comedy on the TikTok, and you can just write great jokes. (laughs) That was an excellent joke. TikTokers. If impressions aren't your thing, go on tour. <laughs> if impressions aren't your thing, just write a good... Sell out theaters, you, don't be... You know what I'm saying? Don't na- If you're not naturally, don't have the knack to mimic perfectly, just write great jokes and put on a cowboy hat. I don't know that much about Olivia Rodrigo. I'm excited. I'm happy for her. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's such a PR thing to say. No, it's not PR. Mean, I'm happy for her. I'm glad. I don't know her. Whitney's like, good for you. But I'm very happy. By the way, what, you, Ben to just put on sunglasses to do an impression okay, of a publicist. Other people from a different generation would know that the Mariah Carey me. <laughs> so those people was for them. Olivia Rodrigo, I love. And I just am curious. I was thinking. The, <laughs> I was thinking the other day. My son has a giant scar in it now. It's karma. Olivia Rodrigo. <laughs> <laughs> Olivia Rodrigo. Um, who we're happy for is I'm happy for I am thank god I'm not a musician because it's like how could you possibly sing a song about being broken hearted about some guy 10 years ago because that's what everyone wants to hear and you're like I'm so over him the fact that I ever cared about that guy is so stupid how do you Mm -hmm. get back into character yeah and you have to sing it for the rest of your life and people are like Play that one. Yeah, and you're just like, the fact that that idiot broke my heart is so embarrassing, and I have to get back into it. But what did you, you told me a story about Elvis that's, like, fascinating. Oh, yeah, Elvis, um, he, his wife 
like cheated on him with her karate instructor. Um, and then, so the song Priscilla? Are You... Yep, yep. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Jesus. Um, the song Are You Feeling Lonesome Tonight, like every time he performed it after he found out that she had cheated on him, he started breaking down laughing. Like he couldn't get through the song without just like, they, they couldn't finish the song. He would be laughing so hard every single time he tried to play it live. That's And it was so just like funny. this weird thing. Like his brain just like broke. Like something in his brain broke when he found out it was like something wife. so funny about being if your Elvis being cheated on with like a, this like guy, a, the guy yeah. that's in Everybody the was kung fu fight. That's getting that. That honestly, how am I the person that thinks that's why we can't say that? Do not cut that. Emily doing Olivia Rodrigo. This is me mostly just imitating her album cover, which was her with a bunch of stickers on her face and mm-hmm. her tongue. Okay. So this looks like the um, billboard for the show Yellow Jackets. Okay. So here we. <laughs> These are all. This is when the ring was going to be a comedy. <laughs> <laughs> this is an ad for the Nuva ring when they were going to do a collaboration. All right. I have my long black hair and I'm the album cover. <laughs> Emily kept gagging. She kept gagging. She gagged the entire this time. Is Emily has are these little like stickers, plastic gem stickers in her mouth. Yeah, and I thought, oh and trying and gagging constantly. Do you gag when you take pills? Oh, yes. Yeah, like yeah. Nyquil. Do you yeah. gag when you brush your teeth? Yeah, you remember in Salt Lake uh, City when she was brushing her teeth? and kept gagging. <laughs> we were like, "What are you doing?" Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Watching people almost puke is so funny to me, but there is a very serious thing where if someone's about to... So the finale of The Comeback, my number one best show ever made for me personally, um, Lisa Kudrow, Michael Patrick King, uh, the, the the character Valerie Chair, she has a condition where if she sees someone else puke, mm-hmm. she pukes. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that's called. Can you find out what that's called? It's like, it's something where you can't... <laughs> What? Why is it? Why is this asking too much? It's just so funny. Why is it funny to you? Why is it because she's never like like been here? Like the one time she's here. Do you want us doing that all the time? Like, can you just can? What, what are we going to just talk about a thing we don't know the name of? There's That's a, what you did. There's a device right here that'll give us the answer. I'm not going to ask. See, you guys Ooh. get so stuck in like like like. Here are my job Uh-oh. description. Like what? Anyone would are, do it I as a stuck in, I could ask no. anyone, like, hey, can you Google that for me? And they do it. It's like, what? Oh, who's supposed to do it? Rub just the, whoever's closest. I'm just rubbing the beautiful earrings that um, Whitney got me. <laughs> if you barf when you see barf, congrats. You're empathetic. <laughs> <laughs> okay, because if you if you yawn, the word you couldn't remember with empathy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Hey, can you Google the Everyone would just do that. What's the word empathy? <laughs> the only word I know. You what's, idiot. This is empathy. What is it called? <laughs> what's the concept? <laughs> what is the concept that I can't remember? Oh, empathy. <laughs> uh, did I, okay, seeing, smelling, or hearing someone else vomit can make you vomit too. Your body's programmed this way because if everyone in your group ate the same thing oh, and it made someone sick, sense. you could be next. Mm. But what if nobody else got sick and you're all alone? You could still have eaten something bad for you. So that makes sense. Like uh, It's like yawning. They say you yawn because whenever you someone you see someone yawn you yawn because subconsciously you think they're taking up all the air oh is that why that's I, what I read I thought it was like a an em- make sure I read that will you look it up <laughs> <laughs> well um, emetophobia is an extreme fear of vomiting seeing vomit watching other people vomit or even feeling sick so 
Could be a little bit of that. Right. Could be a touch of that. Or it could be um, it's fucking gross. Straight guys <laughs> never have that fear. Um, and uh, also, if you, if you, <laughs> yawning because it's contagious, if you don't, if you yawn and someone else doesn't, they might be a psychopath. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, Emily, you are just <laughs> too much. The rest of this is just. Nailed it. oh my god watching you pull your skin down gives me so much anxiety how many times have I said when you put on any project or anything to your skin you have to push up up up, always never pull down on your skin Emily All right. (laughs) oh Benton Benton is doing a straight white man (laughs) and go so Hey, y'all, as y'all can see, uh, yesterday I went down there to the conversion therapy center and I got myself some conversion therapy. As you can see, I got these little tiny lips and I'm full of strength. Also, I bought me tickets to go see every single fight, my man. I quit wearing glasses and contacts because I ain't gay no more. What am I trying to look for, dick? I also um, quit bathing because bathing's queer. I also uh, quit referring to women by their names and instead I just say, I just say, slut. <laughs> and somebody says, what you want to drink? And I say, I'm straight, so I want a beer. And if you ask me about anything else, I'm going to take you outside and I'm going to for it. Pretty excited about that. Since I'm straight now, I've been working on eating pussy, so basically I just don't do it. <laughs> uh, also, uh, <laughs> see, I ain't got a lot to say because uh, I'm straight. If there's ever an opinion, I know it. If ever there's an opinion, I know it. <laughs> hey, did you come see us on tour? I have a joke about that. Oh. It gets a, it's, it, people love it. Oh my oh god. My god. Not, not to hold up a fish right now. I'm about, I swear to God, I'm about to hold up a fish. Is there a fish in here? This wall right here, this is the last queer thing I got, this wall. I'm so straight now that whenever I see my straight buddies, we start hugging on each other, and then I hit him in the balls, and then we start wrestling around, and then we do some gay shit, but it's totally straight because I'm straight, and we're all straight. Hell no. No, and I, I, I could have been the professional quarterback of an NFL professional team. I was working, so I didn't have no time. My dick is huge. Is that a truck? I love trucks. For dinner, we're going to have wings. I'm going to kill the bird we eat. I got these little tiny lips. <laughs> <laughs> bravo bravo oh my god so unbelievable I, I, like halfway through I'm like I fucked that guy <laughs> halfway through I was like I did fuck that yeah. guy <laughs> oh wow Benton so Benton good. Benton I don't even know what to say to you right now <laughs> so stupid so good wow there's an opinion there's an opinion I, I know, know it. it I know it <laughs> Okay, so I'm very excited. To I know I'm see excited to see this too. Grace oh, as boy. June from The Handmaid's Tale. No! Everything from me, my husband, my daughter. I can't leave without Hannah. Hannah. 
biological children because I'm like <laughs> you're just always like oh my god like if you can't get out of a, a daily rape <laughs> country because you're so worried about yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the kid you had yeah, why yeah, yeah. would you ever oh my have god. a kid get out and then figure out how to get the fucking kid remember, remember when Miss Pat was like she's just gonna have to have another kid <laughs> <laughs> right. I think yeah. that one's gone <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I don't ever want to need love something so much yeah. that yeah, yeah. I can't leave. That you wouldn't like flee. The Why country? do we sign up for that? It's like a, it's a stupid thing to sign up for. I mean, she's just. Oh, this is so funny. <laughs> <laughs> I'm. <laughs> I am, this is really blowing my mind. The faces. That is exactly <laughs> what she does. I have way too much Botox to do this impression. Can you? Oh. <laughs> oh my God, okay. Bravo. That was Bravo. incredible. I love, incredible. I love a... Like the the commit like that's the other thing. If you just commit hard enough, it doesn't even fucking matter. Yeah, and those, you boiled really it hurt. down the redu- like you were the reduction to exactly what she is the entire show. Thank like you. the essence, like the the like yeah, and the eyes. Oh, the eye! It was oh, incredible. the eyes. Great. Also, like did, you, did you put makeup around your eye to make that yeah, darker? Yeah, I yeah, love okay. that. I just took oh, yeah. like bronzer and I was like <laughs> rubbing it. Yeah. Oh my god, god that, that was... show truly. I know you're supposed to leave it wanting that show to give women reproductive freedom, it made me just not want to have kids. <laughs> I was just which like, is I, freedom. Reproductive which is freedom. Is, yeah. It's very yeah, freeing. Very okay, th- okay, well. All right. <laughs> this is going to hurt my feelings. <laughs> no, it, there's, there's no comedy. comedy. I know, there's no feelings in comedy because that was also a joke. Yeah, no, I've, I've only worked in comedy as well for, for 17 years. So, yeah, <laughs> sure, you're right. Sure, 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 sure. All right, sure, so sure. this is Grace being... I'm sorry, you consider SNL comedy? Hot tape. <laughs> Uh-oh. Land shark does hold up. This okay. is Grace being our fearless leader. <laughs> Opening a June time. Good morning. <laughs> well, the face. This face. I have to take my bros out. Give me a sec. What did you say? I need to take my Prozac. <laughs> Ugh. If I change my hair color one more time, people are going to think I went crazy. <laughs> <laughs> people are going to think I went crazy. Um, does, it look, does this look infected to you? This <laughs> <laughs> camera angle. So, do <laughs> like a legend on Stranger Things. <laughs> uh, no, you look like the, the Marilyn Manson on that cover of his album. Oh, 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 this is very cooking in the mix. Okay, I found this guy on the side of the street. Can you get him some dog food out of the freezer and then can we put him in the kennel next to Mona? This? Oh, so it turns out that the new uh, foster dog is not actually a dog. Um, it is a rabid coyote. <laughs> 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 
essence. The essence. Okay, so the rescue dog turns out it's not a dog. What is around your neck, Grace? It's a it's a June shine bandana. Oh God! It um attacked me. It really just like latched on my. She has a gaping wound on her face. Just, just calmly losing expl- blood. Just calmly <laughs> explaining. Right, but the reason it did that was because it was scared, it was nervous, and I was really I scared it. It's my fault. It was my fault because yeah. it couldn't. The Cody, I was like trying to help it. <laughs> I've been helping dogs for seventeen years. My face, and um, I've got this. Is it oozing again? Look how cute this guy is. Oh, one of his paws doesn't work. We have to keep him. with the other. What happened here? <laughs> so in the dark of night last night, the new new foster dog leads me out into the backyard. The new pack of wolves waiting for me. Um, they say, hi, Whitney, we would like to make you our leader. And I said, that's so kind of you, but I do have a call with levity. <laughs> <laughs> then I'm going to cancel in 10 yeah, minutes. Absolutely. <laughs> you have to go. Um, and they did not like that. So they proceeded to tear all of the flesh from my arm. Um, don't worry about it. Um, I talked to Dr. Lancer and he says he can just like laser over it and um, it's going to look uh, normal-ish. Listen, I know that I should probably get rid of the new, new foster dog, but I scheduled a session with Georgia. She's coming over in about 20 minutes and she's going to sit down with me and the dog and we're both going to talk about it. I know I should get rid of the new new foster dog, but we're just sitting down with my therapist to talk about it. So I think it's really going to be fine. Mona, Mona, now, <laughs> Mona. <laughs> Are you making fun of my sweater? You're you're making fun of this gorgeous piece of clothing. You're making fun of this sweater. Okay, okay. You're making fun of the sweater. Hold on, okay. Oscar. Thank uh, you so much. For audio purposes, sh- Grace I, um, as Whitney took off her top. Go watch that. You, <laughs> you have, have to go watch that. that. I can't do it justice. I can't Be do it justice. You open. Just go watch that. I yes. cannot believe I have not seen that. <laughs> God. You've just been sitting on this bomb. <laughs> this sweater? This sitting sweater? on this grenade. God damn, that was funny. Unbelievable. Jesus. You know what's why? It's like you do move through life thinking like, ah, oh, they probably didn't notice that thing. That weird thing. <laughs> you think you're like going through life hiding your weird idiosyncrasies. And then when someone does, I think someone doing an impression of you is like so cool because you're like, I'm not getting away with that thing. Yeah, I, thought yeah, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought I was getting away with. Yeah. You know what I mean? The, I think like what you once you once were like, oh yeah, I do this thing with my eyes when like somebody's talking and I like don't want them to be talking anymore. Where you're like, yeah, you have to like, uh, yeah, yeah. You so I try if to, someone I try to mix that if you in. want someone to wrap up what they're saying, <laughs> yeah, try to mix faster, that in. Just like act like your eyes are getting dry and you're like trying to stay. Oh awake. my god, that is literally the only face you make when I. Oh, <laughs> actually tired <laughs> okay so real quick uh real quick <laughs> four hours in, in. uh 818-538-994 leave us christmas episode voicemails we're doing a christmas episode uh, uh soon and i want you guys to leave us voicemails and we can play them good for you fans at gmail.com email that 
so you know that I'm a comedian, hopefully by now. We're ready to end the show. And I do stand up dates, and it's just so embarrassing and humiliating to have to say shit like this. But January 7th, I'm in San Diego, Balboa Theater. Uh, 8th, I'm in Salt Lake City of January, uh, 8th, 2022. Come see us on tour, WhitneyCummings.com, the Touch Me Tour. It's a real, it's a real thrill, unless Omer, uh, the Omarion gets us. It's unless, really touching. Unless the new variant's gonna get us. Variant. I love you. Don't ride elephants. Enjoy! Renan Hirschberg. Oh, God. This is a wild episode. What's ha- what happens, Emily? Just two seconds, quick. Okay, just two Sorry. seconds. They talk about Whitney has really scorching hot takes on movies because Renan has a podcast with Joe List where they watch movies and talk about them, and this is just a doozy. So it's, enjoy. It's real. It's a, it's a, it's like going on a date with me and it's going poorly. Buckle up. <laughs> Rannan no. is here. <laughs> Rannan. Wait, are you deliberately getting it wrong? Or that's- <laughs> I just love the idea that when someone has a complicated name, like Renan. Yes, that's it. Renan Hirschberg. Yes. And tell me why people panic about it, because I relate. Well, they don't know where to put the emphasis because it's R A A N A N. So, like, is it Ranan or Renan? Right. And it's honestly, it's either because it's a Hebrew name, and in Hebrew they have this guttural sound, Ranan, and they don't have that in English, so you can't make. No, I can't just, even pronounce that's just my name. Puking. That's yeah. just acid reflux <laughs> exactly. in English. <laughs> yeah. So if you don't have acid reflux or whatever, you can't. You can't. There's no like correct way to pronounce it. But it's interesting because I will say, like, I'm sure most people that meet you. You said something once uh, when we were performing because we've been on the road together a little bit where you said like, by the time someone is trying to figure out what they just heard, how to memorize my first name, they hear my last name and they get thrown off. Yeah, it just gets Julia and Julia. You think you're like, <laughs> you think you're done after Ra'anan. It's like this long climb, this long Jewy climb. And you're like done, and then you look up. There's even bigger Jewy mountain you have to go up. <laughs> Are you so thirsty? What's ha- what is it with the drinking water? Oh, do you need a minute? You do you need a minute? I know you New York comics. You bring up drinks on stage. Like it's, it's you're up here for 15 minutes. How much water do you need? But, Forget how you are so hyper aware. So. We've been on the road together. I always ask people at the beginning of the show, are we friends so that you can decide, you can say what our real relationship is. So I'm, this isn't a fake bullshit interview. Yeah, I mean, we're friendly. We opened, uh, I opened for you twice now. And that's two weekends. Mm -hmm. And, you know, uh, you have no sense of boundaries. So now we're best (laughs) friends. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) It's so true. It is so true. But yeah, we're friends. Yeah. But I do feel like we vibed kind of right away. Yeah. For sure. I feel like I can be authentic in front of you. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I also want to say, just in terms of you as a comic, you have the best COVID joke I've heard. Oh, And the you. best Me Too joke. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It's I not a compliment. It. I'm angry. Well, I'm frustrated. <laughs> well, I did a lot of research in the Me Too movement. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> <joking. laughs> Boots on the ground. I want to talk about your COVID joke because uh, I am annoyed by it I'm angered by it because we've heard every COVID joke uh-huh. every COVID joke's been tweeted every COVID joke like and you went up the first night I saw you and you said something about COVID and I was like oh, it's not like here we go it's just like I'm curious to see 
Because right. it's very rare that you see like a totally new, fresh angle that, especially now with Twitter and IG Lives and podcasts, it's like we've right. heard so many comedians attempt or make jokes about certain things. Which is, I had a couple of COVID which is which joke is this? Now you're just bragging. No, I just like had I had a couple, a couple of COVID incredibly joke. original jokes that nobody else COVID has joke. that made you laugh hysterically. Is this the hypochondria one? This is, no, this is the one about the one that has no symptoms. Oh, right, yeah. Well, that is something I like, it's just a joke about like being a hypochondriac during it. The worst part is there's this disease without symptoms. So every <laughs> day last year I just wake up and be like I feel great what if it's COVID yeah. <laughs> um, I'm also just gonna say since we're we were kind of flirting with the topic that I thought you weren't gonna flirt I was excited I for was, a now that I'm just flirting with Hannah um, your me too joke can I say it yeah which one is this well it's just that you just go like I feel like we. this was some, it is so hard for me to like laugh, like, like yeah. I did like a spit take in Baltimore oh, shit. when you first did that. You were like, um, ironically, I roofied your drink during the Me Too <laughs> and I spit it all up. <laughs> so it worked out well. <laughs> and um, I'm, I'm unrapeable. It's a nightmare. Um, and uh, you, you just, I just heard you go like, I feel like we all owe Pee Wee Herman an apology. Oh, right, 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 right. <laughs> I was yeah. just like, damn it like damn it right like he was jerking off minding his own business in the back yeah. paid money to go in the theater in yeah, the back we should give a medal for doing it correctly like a gentleman he, he didn't make anyone watch <laughs> he I did it in the back to, of the theater like a gentleman um and then uh hold on i wanted to talk to you we have to talk about movies and and benton i'm gonna have you come talk about movies uh with us because you are a, I, I was worried that we weren't going to be able to become as good friends as i would like to because uh -huh. you are a movie buff movie uh yeah a real movie asshole so what is that you're all like you have a podcast about movies and every week you guys watch a different movie and talk about it right yeah it's a very unique idea <laughs> we're the first to do it <laughs> we we yeah we talked uh it's with joe list a great comic good friend great. of mine hilarious one, one of the best yeah. i learned so much watching him and he uh I, he wanted to do like an offshoot thing. We did a one. We, I, I, there's certain movies that I just always thought were overrated and suck, like Forrest Gump and Goodwill Hunting and mm. shit like that. And uh, I mean, shit like that, whatever. But like, yeah, yeah. I just wanted to talk shit about those movies that he like loved those movies. So we we did it once and it was people liked what it. If, so we kept on doing see, it. See, I'm such an asshole about movies. Uh huh. What if in Goodwill Hunting that wasn't Robin Williams? What is, is it a good that good of a movie? I mean, I didn't like it with Robin Williams. So. Why not? <laughs> I mean, to me, that kind of movie is like, it's like made by a psychopath. It's just like, it's just like an, <laughs> an actor looking like, uh, uh, I mean, uh, Louis actually has an amazing bit about this that um, he's been doing lately, but it is how I feel too. Like Matt Damon is the actor in the movie and he's making himself into this amazing person who's a genius, <laughs> who's like blue collar. This is all in Louis' bit, but it is true. It's like. You know, you writing yourself as like getting the girl and looking yes. amazing. It's just self masturbatory. And then to then have dated her think, afterwards. Yeah, no, it all just feels like that to me is like, like when we we talked about comics getting late. To me, everyone in the movie business is just couldn't have the life they wanted because they didn't have the personality or um, desire or work ethic. So they were like, let me just create the world I want. Uh, and yeah. then I get to cast the girl. I get to live this life. I get to drive this car. It's like a bunch of nerds basically going like, yeah. I can't have this in real life. So I'm going to con a bunch of people, a bunch of girls that are way hotter than me. It's uh, a into making out. Yeah, with it. it's a masturbatory fantasy. It's, and to me, it's like it's like people tell stories where they're always a hero in the story. That's funny. It's like I, when I tell a story, I I make myself look worse. That's like how <laughs> I do it. Like, and so seeing like <laughs> seeing movies where people are just writing a character where it's like. 
It's really a movie about how he's gifted enough to leave Boston and make it. It's like embarrassing. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, I'm going to get out of Boston one day. It's just like embarrassing bullshit. And like, he sucks. By the way, what just straight white guys had to do to be heroes in I movies know, know. up until like 10 years ago? <laughs> yeah, I know. It's insane. <laughs> And then, like, Robin Williams saying it's not your fault. I like, like, just keep on repeating that. Like, it's just so... I always thought it would be really funny, though, if, like, your therapist one day just started doing that. Like, like they're just like, hey, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. And you're like, are you just doing the scene from... I mean, it kind of is because I need you to keep coming back. Yeah. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. Exactly. Also, therapy doesn't end. Like, they... Like, he... Like this idea that he like brings, they finally talks about something that happened to him as a kid and he goes, it's not your fault. He cries and he hugs. Therapy doesn't end. You're not just done. Also, is it, yeah, you don't graduate. They're like, yeah. and we're done here. It's that bullshit thing like Dr. Phil. Like they think if once you're aware of a problem and you cry about it, it's over. <laughs> no, being aware of the problem. It's the beginning of solving the yeah, problem. And usually it just is you the place You never like walk around in. the house and go like, we have water damage. Well, yeah. that's solved. Yeah, exactly. Do you know that's what I mean? Yeah. It's like I've always been aware of the fucking problem. Yeah, no, it doesn't she, help. Yeah, that's it why makes I'm it worse. the therapist. Yeah, that's why I'm here. I know something's wrong. It makes it worse. I actually think being aware of the problem because, like, my therapist, like, will try to like, like, you learn about anxiety, and a lot of times you're anxious about shit that is different than the thing you're anxious. It's like a deeper worry. Yeah, but knowing that's not always great. Like, my therapist will say to me, "I'll be like, I'm worried." I'm always anxious. I'm going to miss flights. And she's like, well, what you're really worried about is that no one will ever love you. And I'm like, I'd rather be worried about missing the flight. I'm like, I can't go to the airport and be like, go to customer service. I'm late. And she's like, for what? A meaningful relationship. Like, what flight like, do you want? Hey, it's not about the flight. I'm really stressed out. This is old. Yeah. This is old. This is old. Yeah. This has nothing to do with you. Yeah. I w let me be fucking anxious about turbulence. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> but then sometimes it's the opposite where I'm like but you're like I'm not scared of turbulence at all yeah. you're like I miss every flight it never bothers me but sometimes the opposite where I'm like really anxious about global warming mm -hmm. but really I'm just anxious because my mom fat shamed me when I was younger but somehow it manifests to like being worried about icebergs you get like more, I'm the iceberg you get more woke points yeah. <laughs> for worrying about the iceberg but I'd rather be worried about the fat shaming than the global warming you know and this is going to be a segue into talking about getting into movie nerd stuff but um, you remember me of Anna McDowell's character in Sex, Lies, and Videotape. Remember in the beginning, yeah. she's in therapy and she's like, there's just so much garbage. What are we going to do with the garbage? I've always wanted to be reminded of someone I used to jack off to a lot. So this is exciting. <laughs> Sex, Lies, and Videotape. The Winnie Cummings story. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> we now interrupt this program of me and my friend Ronan Ranan Renan, Emily, what, I mean, like, what is his name? Renan. Renan. Are you up yet? None of your business. You, has your alarm gone off yet, Benton? Has <laughs> your alarm gone off yet or just the biological one, baby? I'm so hungover and you're being so loud. But I'm always loud and you're always hungover. I know, but I just thought if we had all this daily harvest that we could, like, counteract the negative things in our body with all this There's healthy, a better segue. <laughs> I knew that would kill you. <laughs> I need brain food. Don't you? Was that your segue? I know. I knew it. I knew it. I Was knew that it. Your I knew that. <laughs> Is that good? Now I'm up. She just, you just turned into the, the scarecrow from Wizard of Oz. If I only had a brain. <laughs> anyway, Daily Harvest Bowls. I don't know if you know this about me and Daily Harvest, but 
Daily Harvest delivers delicious harvest bowls, flatbreads, smoothies, and more, mm. all built from organic fruits and vegetables right to your door. And it conveniently stays fresh in your freezer. Okay. And Emily over here, what's your, what's your, what's your, what's your uh, poison? My so to speak. absolute favorite, and we don't have it here because I ate all of them, what? is the broccoli and cheese harvest bowl. You know what? Daily Harvest, by the time you eat one and then like you're like, I'm like, I don't hate myself. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm eating them all these now because we're hungover. And Daily Harvest takes literally minutes to prepare. I feel like it'll undo all the damage we did exactly. last Exactly. Oh, we're they hungover? Kn- I was just dressed like this. <laughs> this is just my personality. <laughs> They never use preservatives or added sugars, and there's no artificial anything, and that goes for everything. <laughs> Keep it simple during the holidays with Daily Harvest. Ooh, ooh, butter, The only thing to think about me is this leg. Go to dailyharvest.com slash good for you to get up to $40 off your first box. That's dailyharvest.com slash good for you for up to $40 off your first box. Dailyharvest.com slash good oh. For you. And it is. Don't be an idiot. Like, truly, don't be an idiot. Go yep. change your robes. It's time to talk about We're derobing. <laughs> Unravel emotionally and literally. Oh, no, I wanted to pull some clips from the opens, the last couple opens. Fighting about insurance. And then I'd like to post the email where I say, I would like to cover 100%. You do cover 100%. Oh God, are you mad at all? I know. Do you not like us? No, I love you. I can't tell. I'm feeling so sad. I love you. I just feel like there's a lot of rumblings. There's no rumblings. rumblings. All the rumblings we do right here. I just (laughs) went around a party and told everyone how much how great you were. I feel doubted. I feel doubted. I feel underestimated. Are you you reading my diary? (laughs) Clearly. Great. Say, wait, <coughs> save that for the better house. Can you imagine if I had the... if? Can you put in my calendar to read Bettin's <laughs> diary? <laughs> Does BetterHelp do group therapy? I'm actually not kidding. <laughs> do we know? Uh, well, they won't after this. <laughs> BetterHelp.com. We'll talk about it there. It will help you assess your needs and match you with your own licensed <laughs> professional therapist. <laughs> You can start communicating in under 48 hours. It's more affordable than... Tra- stop making noise. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling. She's never counseling. heard joy before. She's like, stop it! And financial aid <sighs> is available. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp and is just a dink that uh, my makeup artist told me that she's using BetterHelp.com. She was like, I can text the uh, therapist anytime. Be yeah. like, can we move to 11? Can we do it tomorrow? Can we mm-hmm. do it now? Yeah. Like, can we do 15 minutes right now? Like, I'm having a moment and I need to just like talk to someone that is going to attune with me and not give me horrible advice. And, um, but here's my only qualm. <laughs> she was like, I was like, just, she's like, open your heart to me. And I'm like, like, did you use my promo code? Like, <laughs> She was like, I tried to put in your promo code. It's just, it, it said who recommended you. And under celebrity, you weren't there. <laughs> Where were you? Uh, under patient. I was under pot. They just put you under mental health monarch. Uh, what was I under? Podcast host? Yeah. Podcast host. <laughs> It, it was you. Are those my choices? Celebrity or podcast host? You cannot have it was, both. It was you, Tim Dillon, and uh, <laughs> who? And just a bunch of TikTokers, and they were like, this is where she fits. <laughs> what? But you know what? You've only been doing podcasts for two years. And it you- feels like longer. 
And you've taken it by storm enough to be in that category. I guess so. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Held together by BetterHelp. <laughs> Good for you listeners. Get 10% off their first month of BetterHelp.com. Nope. At betterhelp.com slash Whitney. Don't edit that out because I am secure enough to let you guys see me stutter and flub and make mistakes on camera because I go to BetterHelp and my uh, self esteem is on point. She's texting someone right now about it. And I'm also, uh, I'm not texting someone because I'm not addicted to my phone because I go to therapy and it helped me break that addiction. January 7th, I'm in San Diego at the Balboa Theater. How about that? San Diego, I love y'all. You know I do. I'm going to come to Salt Lake City. Kingsbury Hall. Come see me. Come Salt Lake City. Last time we were there, I was in bad shape. It was so fun. That was rough. That was a rough one. That was a rough, that was a rough weekend. Uh, Salt Lake City. Come back. It was uh, fun, though. The COVID fog is over. Lifted. January 15th, we're in Las Vegas. I am so obsessed with Las the Vegas. Win. The Quinn Theater. Las <sighs> Vegas, I love you. I am going to wear my best, my Sunday best for January 15th. So overalls? Anyway, uh, we now disrupt this nonsense for more nonsense (laughs) okay so couple things benton has flown in so that we can talk about some movies so because i'm gonna have some hot takes that's very hot takes but the way the first the first thing i would like to do is the movie aficionado um uh is ask you because we talk a lot about red flags on the show what is like for a girl what is a red flag in terms of their favorite movie? Oh, this is a great question. Um, That's why I asked it. And then also, by the way, because I'll tell you real quick to give you a second to think, I know you guys love Fight Club. I know. And I think it's great, but it should not be in your dating app bio. I don't think, I think it's one of the most overrated movies ever. I don't like Fight Club. What's the men's obsession with it? Why do... Well, I think, I do think it's like, well, yeah, it's like that male anger, but I do think there's these movies that, like, men like movies where there's a mastermind plot, where a guy controls everything. Sure. So it's like The Dark Knight, where the Joker controls everything, or Seven, where Kevin Spacey controls everything. Yeah, like the Bible. Yeah, the Bible, where God <laughs> controls everything. Fight Club, I mean, obviously, he's like, there's that weird um, twist, but still, Tyler Durden is controlling everything. They like Matt and Usual Suspects, Kaiser Soze. They like the control of a guy in the movie controlling everything. But I actually hate that kind of writing, because to me, it's cheap, because you're having a character basically decide the whole story. So it's not organic. It's, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. much easier to write. It, but is, is it voiceover or no? Wow. Was is 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 Tyler Durden doing a voiceover in that movie? I don't remember. Edward, Edward Norton's doing the voiceover, and Tyler Durden is Edward Norton, so this is where it's a little confusing. Right, but right. he's still essentially Tyler Durden. Still has just, the plan. You just learned I haven't finished it. Uh, wait, <laughs> I don't know if you're going to ask this question, but what what movie do you like? I need I need to gauge what you like. First. Oh, to see. Okay, got it. Interesting. Yeah, because I I think everybody picks and likes movies for different reasons, and I want to understand where you're what you yes. like. So we your, know what you don't like. Let's know. Let's be able to. Where's your North Star? So we know what we're dealing with. Um, so I love... Here's what I'll say. How about this? I'm going to mm-hmm. do a couple categories. Okay. Because <laughs> you can't answer favorite movie. What are we, five? I love that. It is tough. So let's say... There's a lot well, of movies, a couple. You can movies a couple. that the Movies that you can watch uh, many, many times and never get sick of it. I'll go first. Labyrinth, Three Amigos, um, Footloose. Which one? <laughs> <laughs> hey, there are Be people... Be serious. <laughs> Sometimes people like the other one. And I liked um, The Good Dinosaur. Oh, I love that. I never saw The Good Dinosaur. Well, 
Whitney um, one, Renan zero. <laughs> I, I watched uh, all the plane and cried my eyes out. I don't know. I, when I was five, I watched Jaws every single day. It okay. might be why I have a lot of I was going to say, Jesus. <laughs> it's all starting to come together. My my, uh, <laughs> my babysitter is a friend of mine. Uh, he said that I would watch it while crying, but I refused to turn it off. I was just like, give me the trauma. Can I tell you something? People like wonder why our generation has anxiety disorders. Yeah. We watched Old Yeller, Jaws. Like We watched movies very young. Where the I Red was, Fern Grows. Where the Red Fern Grows. Like We would watch the same movies our parents were watching i remember watching my dad like flinch and being like why am i watching isn't this it too? funny that every disney movie deals with watching a parent get murdered <laughs> wait but what your favorites the ones that you could watch over and over and over again that's uh, a good way to gauge someone's like yeah taste. okay so some of my favorite movies are not movies i would rewatch over and over again okay. but but i will say the movies i can rewatch uh, uh are movies that you're like no notes my favorite movie is nashville by robert altman okay uh, but also, um, I love, uh, I love Sideways, Big Lebowski, mm. uh, Roma. Mm -hmm. Um, mm. uh, I love a lot of Coen Brothers movies, Inside Lewin Davis. Mm. Okay, I can uh, tell you we're not going to have the same movie taste. <laughs> I don't know any of the things you've said. I, I love, any I, of love those movies. I love Sideways. I love Election. Election's one of my favorite. Is Sideways the one about wine? Yeah. Yes. Love it's a, yes, yes. I know that so from well working done. in a movie the, uh, store, I had to, people yeah. rented it a lot. To me, that's one of them. Okay, so you movies. worked at a movie store. So you have. Yeah, slash Channing Flan, slash Harris like Sideways? Slash store. No. I'm sorry, say that one more time. Isn't there a scene where someone's naked running in it? Yeah. Yeah. Wait, say again where this was? Loboville, Tennessee. What was it called? Loboville Video. I'm and? from Kentucky. It was also a hair salon, a tanning salon. We made trophies. We did floor arrangements. We did embroideries. Uh, they coached Little League out back. See, I thought you meant an L.A. place because that seems like such a hipster thing to have four different things in one venue. Oh, no. <laughs> like it's a just, hair salon. Yeah, we can't going, do it all. Look, I'm not good at anything, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but I'm kind of good at four and things. And there's a no. comedy show there. Was every my Tuesday. town was like, we have this one building. So <laughs> we have to make it work. <laughs> so you love Sideways. And then what were the other ones? Sideways uh, is a great movie, but I but as someone that worked in a video store, I was just curious what were the most rented movies. Oh, anything about a war, like Saving Private Ryan. I mean, I they was, love a, it, it was a hick town, so it's like you know Saving Private Ryan. That's all I got. That's pretty much that. <laughs> they just asked for. They you really like Saving it. Private Ryan. Oh, people, people, no, Bob has it this week. Come yeah, back next people, week. They return it. Like, they fucking saved them. I don't want them to save them. Yeah, people would come in a lot and they'd be like, "What has a lot of guns, sex, and violence?" They would ask that a lot. Mm. What was your answer? Um, Saving Private Ryan. <laughs> uh, <laughs> There's no fucking in Saving Private Ryan. Sex, I didn't watch it. Let me tell my favorite. Okay. Movies. The Craft is my favorite. Okay. I love Jennifer's body. Well, by the way, the first or second? <laughs> Both. You. <laughs> It's a very good friend. I feel like I could have guessed both uh, of those right The Crack, I love Jennifer's Body. <laughs> Jennifer's Body. A League of Their Own, I think, is the perfect movie. You I know recently rewatched that for, the, for my podcast. It's a wonderful movie. You know what? You're right. And let me ask you something, though. Having recently watched, that is one of the few movies that I feel like it's interesting because... Tom Hanks is miscasting. It's funny every <laughs> time I watch it. It's funny. Tom Hanks is miscasting it. I'm obsessed with it. I have all these. I have a whole list of... Uh, who almost did like really iconic roles in movies? Like who almost you know, got the Anne job? Anne Hathaway was the ninth pick for Devil Wears Prada. Wow, she, like, that's crazy. That seems like something Meryl Streep would tell her in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she Can should. I just say before we move on completely why I think Tom Hanks is miscast? I don't want people oh, watching yeah. this thinking <laughs> I don't. I I feel like I said something that's like very uh, upsetting no, no, to people. No, no, it's not. It's but I, I wanted to just fully explain why. Right. 
I think Tom Hanks is an amazing actor. By the way, this is what happens when straight men lie. They 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 gesticulate more and they hold their know. glasses. You where do these glasses? Yeah, come straight white. Oh, he's got a, He's he's trying is, to look like he's got a smarter take, so he's holding his glasses. You're confusing Jewiness with straight white men. I'm holding my reading glasses while like I look like I'm in Fiddler on the Roof right now. This is why Tom Hanks is miscast. No. Tom Hanks is a great actor. He's good in the movie, yeah. but another actor who just had a little more griminess to him mm-hmm. would have been a much funnier choice in that movie. There's a sweetness to him that makes him less funny. But you know who steals the fucking show? As he steals the show and everything, John Lovitz is oh, amazing yeah. in that fucking movie. He is one of the best. When he You when he heard it here first. Go, John gonna, Lovitz is amazing. He says, something. I'm going to go home and give my wife a pickle tickle. <laughs> he... That's the last thing he says for you. So don't see him anymore. He is, is every line he I says is amazing. When he when that woman this is gonna make me look like an asshole. But when he is looking for that woman who throws the ball really fast, who breaks, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, she's great. And he's and then she shows her face and she's unattractive. And he immediately Martha. goes, he immediately goes, Ugh! but then he looks again. And he does two double takes. He goes, Ugh! and then he looks again. and goes, Ugh! like the the, and then he goes, well, let you know. <laughs> That you could do that, like, I, like in my short time making things, <laughs> you could never cast over going, "Hey, the joke is that you're, uh, you're so oh good." When they're at the, when they're at like the learning how to be women, the woman walks by and goes, "Oh, a lot of night games." <laughs> but, but I understand. There's a lot of jokes about ugliness in that. But movie. it's making commentary about how this is how women used to be yeah. judged for everything, right? It's all like historically sort of accurate, whatever. But even like I remember when Ugly Betty happened, like when that show happened, I remember being like, "Imagine." Getting a call from your agent that's like, hey, straight offer, we want you to star in a show. Oh my God, really? What's it called? Ugly Betty. Like, you're just like, I, I fat, just, stupid bitch. Like, I can't you imagine. The, the message in a, a League of Their Own was clear at the end. Because part yeah, of me, there's no crying in baseball. Part of me, it's I very feel clear. like at the end, I'm just like, so this movie is about if you're a big brat like your sister, you just win stuff. But here's what I'll say this is where we're really going. I don't think movie messages. Are as impactful False. as just stop right there because it's not true. Okay, go. There is no you. You think that because because probably of being a part of movies for so long on television mm-hmm. to the rest of the world. Yeah, that is the news. That is that is a that is how you see the world. It's how you learn how to get on an airplane, hail a taxi, yes. order room service. It's how you learn everything. But here's what I'll say: if you tell me that the message of the League of Their Own is so toxic that it held you back in your life. You were never going anywhere. No, I think the only positive messages radiate in movies that way. But I do think that I just want to know if you think that's the message. I agree. Yes, there's like, here's the, I just think that people blame movies too much for their own personal failures as either parents or human beings. As someone that feels like they were disappointed over and over again because they like grew up on romantic comedies and Disney movies and then like life paled in comparison. And then as someone that, that, that has a, makes a modicum of, of stuff that people consume now, it's just sort of like, like, we're just trying to make you laugh. Why are you taking this shit so seriously? Like, why do you right. have to do that? Like, like we're trying to make a, po- anyone that's making it, and this is my issue with people trashing movies or not liking movies, no one signs up to make a bad movie. No one wakes up in the morning and is like, I'm going to make a bad movie. I'm going to make something that's not funny. Right. No, same with fashion. No one wakes up when you make fun of someone's fashion. No one's like, I'm going to dress like shit today. Everyone thinks they look good. Everyone's trying to make a good movie. So when when some nerd who just wants love, who just wants attention, who just wants to like put on a play and make people laugh, like, like then people go like, well, this is a toxic um, message. It's like, dude, 
okay, well, the writer is doing this to try to get the love from their dad that never loved that. Like, why are you, uh, what's going on with you that you can't get messages anywhere else? Well, like, I think it's just people that usually are upset about stuff like that or people that have been marginalized to begin with. And they've been so used to having to find their self in a movie that has nothing to do with them. That's but, separate. But that's separate. Them, that's separate. The message is don't listen to Hollywood writers to get your messages. These are a bunch of people that weren't parented properly that yeah. are running around just like, I want to, like, I was talking to um, a friend of mine about this the other day. The idea of like, because I have some friends that are like, oh, we want to make movies that right now, like, want to be movie producers and not, and usually when you produce a movie, it's like a side effect of writing a movie and directing a movie or doing like acting in a movie. And then you're like, oh, let me just produce it because then I'll have more power. The idea of just being like, it really is a bunch of kids, our five-year-old selves going, I want to put on a play. That's yeah. all this is. Uh, making television, making, doing stand-up, making movies is I want to put on a play and I want everyone to look at me and I want everyone to love me, right? That's all we're doing. So I just feel like there's not enough people going like, when you guys analyze movies, internalize movies, you're not taking into account who's making it and how it gets made. And like, that's nobody's intention is to ruin the way you see yourself. Like mm. anyone that's making a movie or making a TV show is just trying to make their parents that fucking ignored them love them it has yeah. nothing to do with you like all this collateral but are you damage you shouldn't criticize movies because I no, like no. to like I love to, to criticize not internalize it like, when I, like, like if I see a movie I don't like I'm just like that's not for me it's just not for me yeah yeah I, I think my main point just as we go into criticizing a bunch of movies I am always on the filmmaker side because as someone that's made a movie most filmmakers are not happy with their movies most, yeah, right. The yeah. executive fucks it up. You don't get the DP you want. You don't get the costume you want. Most filmmakers are settling and compromising every day that they're making the movie. So I just tend to have, like, I think there should be a rating system. Well, I, yeah, I, I have noticed that Joe is making a movie right now and he's become a lot less harsh on movies during our reviews. He's like, I thought they did a really good job. When, every cri <laughs> when any critic wants to criticize TV or movies, I'm like, great. Have you ever tried to make one in the rain running out of light? When First of all, nine times out of 10, if like Rotten Tomatoes or any kind of critic doesn't like something, I usually like it. Almost every time. Well, okay, here's what I'll say. I think that when people watch movies, they all assume that every filmmaker is working with the same amount of time, the same yeah. budget, the same access to actors, the same post-production schedule, etc. I actually think there should be a rating system. This is what drives me nuts about movies is there's RPG and all that. There should be rating system. You should know what the budget was, and give how much time kinda. they had. Yeah. So it's sort of like Marvel. They had $100 million and 12 months and seven months in post. And whereas they still like, suck. Which is like... And then an indie movie, it's like, okay, they had $800,000, they had 14 days, they lost this actor two days before. Like, there should be a level of difficulty rating, as I think, that's like, okay, degree of difficulty. Like, oh, this movie sucks, but they made it in five days. It's pretty good for a movie they made in five days. Right, <laughs> right. Relative... Do you care this much about TV as well, or just movies? No, I mean, I like TV, but I, I movies are the thing I care the most about. But I when I criticize movies that I can be an asshole, the movies I love... I love more than most people. Here's you know what, what I'll mean? say. No like, one... I love intensely, and so when I criticize a movie, it's me, it's only because I demand a lot from movies, reflect, and I reflect. think they're so important. Don't ever say that on a first date. And <laughs> I would never say I, that. I would only say it on a podcast people listen to. I'd only have, I'd I'd only only have say, thousands of people think I'm douchey. I would never say that to one girl. I'd say it to everyone. <laughs> no, I'm, You have a real sense of this Everyone listens. I'm saying all this because I'm about to be really hard on movies. Okay, Because right. I am actually also brutal about it so but, but movies don't matter the most oh, to me because i i let everything slide like usually when people are think i'm too harsh on movies to me they're saying they don't care that much about movies it's just this i just feel like a lot of people try to use movies to pretend like they're more evolved than they are 
more intelligent than they are, more cultured than they are, more um, need less therapy than they need to, or think they're better than you. So I, that's true for all. Kinds. I just never watch a movie that I don't think I'm already gonna like. I never like sit down and be like, "What? Let me. This is recommend me a movie." Like, no, I don't. I'm not wasting my time watching something I don't know. I just. I think it's more at like the initial stages of dating. Mm-hmm. You go, "Am I willing to pretend?" that No Country for Old Men is the best movie ever made, or am I not? Well, I mean, and I, you know what? I'm harder on previews. If the preview doesn't get me, fuck that movie. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not willing, just because I have the same haircut as Javier Bardem in that movie, does not mean I am willing to go along with this ruse that No Country for Old Men is as good as all you guys think it is. And there it is. Lost all my subscribers. Subscribe to Renan's podcast yeah. instead. Yeah, all your followers are real. No I country lost, for old men fans. I just lost, can I tell you something? Because here's, here's what I'll say. I'm obsessed with how, uh, er, like, what a guy's favorite movie is, or a girl's, I just don't know if about it, tells me everything I need to know about them. So when a guy, what's your favorite movie on a first date? No country for old men. I go, you have shit with your dad. Well, everyone has shit with their dad, but like... Uh, Not me. <laughs> Why, why is, what do I say on a date when a guy says No Country for Old Men, best movie ever made? I just have to go, true. Is that really, is No Country the the movie that like douchey guys say? Not douchey, just actually smart. Because it's a pretty guys. subtle like movie that. that's like, you know, somewhat. It's a Coen Brothers movie. I mean, it's, there's like action in it. It but won it's, very many awards. It's, it's to me, I think a lot of times when movies are, ve- like this is David Lynch for me. David uh-huh. Lynch 101. When a movie is, kind of vague and up for interpretation and super artistic we project onto it which is I think they know that we're doing that if a movie's very like simple or very complicated with no narrative like David Lynch movies people are like it's genius it's genius if you go why is it genius no one can really explain why I don't find No Country for Old Men that cryptic to me I've, I've, what's it about what's uh, No Country for about? Old Men so Tom Lee Jones is this guy who thinks um, the world has gone to shit uh, and really, by the end, he kind of realizes this is how life has always been. And uh, that's his big revelation. And Javier Bardem is this character who... It sounds like the Brave Little Toaster. Right? Javier Bardem is this character who he he wants to kind of see himself as a symbol of death. Like he goes up to people and puts their life in their hands and acts like he could kill them or not What's kill the them. What's the accent? What? What's the accent? The accent is Javier Bardem's accent? I don't know. What do you mean? That's not who he talks all the time. What? Well, that's acting. Is that how he always talks? Cover by them? I feel like it's similar. I don't That's know. That's how he always talks. In the book, it's supposed to be someone who, where you don't know his origins at all. You don't know his His origins are Troy. <laughs> that accent is so... It was like Kevin Spacey in House of Cards. Like, no one's going to say Anna Paquin in True Blood. I'm just going to say uh, This is you crazy. Don't, you don't think, you don't think it was... Show. You don't think I know what I'm saying, but the accent is not even... I love a fake I'll say accent. it. Jennifer Coolidge, Two Broke Girls. Love that. What country is this? The best part of that show. I agree. You don't think Javier Bardem is terrifying in that movie? He's in a wig. I'm not scared of anyone in a wig. I'm not scared of anyone that glues on their hair every morning. The wig could have just been a haircut. He shows up with like a he shows up with what like a vacuum cleaner to murder people. Like I don't even. By the way, you're murdering a bunch of people that would easily kill themselves if they could afford a gun. Like what is this movie and why is it so dusty? Why is it? I know you're making me want to watch it. Why is everything taking so long? You're gonna murder people. Okay, just fucking do it if you're gonna do it, dude. I'm a John Wick bitch. Like do it. 
You pussy. And like, if you spend half the time learning to kill people that you do to part your hair on the side, Javier, maybe you could like knock through some of these corpses a little faster. I find No Country for Old Men super intense and super suspenseful. But ultimately, that's because you're a guy and and very few things scare you. I think when you're a woman, you're kind of like. scared by everything. (laughs) But it's sort of like the idea of like a man walking in a convenience store. For a woman, that's always scary, whether I have a gun or not. Walk me through. Now I'm going to pretend on dates that No Country for Old Men is the best movie ever made. How are you going to pretend? So you want to pretend. Why? I feel like it's a short. A short film? Feels like a short. (laughs) Feels like we could have done this in 15 minutes. Oh. oh. Feels like we could have knocked through this faster. Um, I don't know. I, uh... I think it's a very powerful movie about growing older and and it, it What do you know about growing older? What do men I know it know from watching No Country for Old Men? Growing <laughs> older and the struggle. Every man in that movie has a thousand crow's feet on his face. They're not worried about growing older. They're fine. <laughs> well, I mean there's different I, I don't think they're worried about their skin. They're worried about losing their face. I'm in literally humanity. Googling what is the point. Of No Country for Old Men? Yes. So I, what, what does that mean? You can't just Explained. Google that. Explained. Okay, there's nine. I mean, I'm not just mad. You can't because, just Google like what is the meaning of life. I mean, you can't I'm just not Google just mad question. because I feel like Javier Bardem stole my entire face. And He's terrifying Total in look He's in ter- general. I don't think you look like him. He's terrifying in that. And I love the Coen brothers. And I know they're genius and blood simple. I can, do, I can argue why that's one of the best movies ever made all day long. But it feels a little straightforward crime drama. Follows a man who stumbles into a drug deal gone bad. Tries to get away with a case full of money okay that just was, reading the synopsis that was my Saturday uh, as the film goes on various ambiguities emerge culminating in the ending I just think that men and women are scared of different things or like straight men are, are scared of di- I, like this is what it takes for a straight man to get scared is like a cattle gun and a guy that just comes into random convenience stores like like I think that's what it is like when straight men do love a real movie like a movie they love a big gun and a real movie and then to go oh someone could kill me if they're sociopathic enough so whereas me- every man could kill oh, me someone could kill me like I think that's what it is I think that's like that's my theory about why guys are so afraid of robots I'm like why are you afraid of robots like we're over here being afraid of just regular humans and you guys are like f- future fucking about robots it's like oh because that's the only thing that's no strong fears, yeah. you don't have any fears you're right. at the top of the food chain right right so this we is have what to it make shit up a guy with a bad haircut who speaks like some weird language with a cattle gun you're like oh fuck I'm like I mean that's not our fault we can't I'm sorry we're not raped I'm sorry no, I'm like a lot I mean that's not that's I'm not, not I'm, like, <laughs> I'm not asking you to say I just mean I think why, that why that's connect part of it because I'm like there's like, a lot of philosophical things going on in the movie though like to me Javier Bardem is this guy who wants to like you know the thing what he does with a quarter even though it seems like the writers he like flips it or something yeah it seems like they never knew about Two-Face and Batman who does the same thing but he he flips a quarter and he makes people flip on a quarter to to, to basically execute them if they get a, he's trying to show them that luck is all that matters in life but really what he's doing is he's trying to he's using the fear of death to become a symbol so like for instance if i took a gun out put it in front of your face you're no longer thinking of me you're thinking of your own death i'm just coming yeah so yeah exactly <laughs> well that's a whole other thing but like so so he's trying to create his own symbol of death when really he is just a human being. So he's he just, trying to show people like the fragility of life and how it could turn literally on a dime. But but ultimately he's just so a sociopath. So at the yeah. end when he, he 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 tries to make the woman, the woman, the, his wife, flip the coin. Uh, that amazing uh, she, Scottish actress. Kelly McDonald, yeah. she refuses to. She says, it's not the coin, it's you. She basically calls him out as a sociopath and refuses. How'd that go? 
Well, she dies, but she dies heroically, which is the best you can have in yeah, her. Yeah, she died doing what she loved. She died heroically. Being and, married. Uh, proving men At wrong. least she was married. <laughs> also, like, the directing of not showing her death, but having him just go outside and look at his shoes to see if there's blood on his shoes, that's kind of like the magic of filmmaking, that you, instead of showing things, you use two cuts to sh create the image in your head. And, like, the, the movie does an amazing job of not showing things a lot, but letting the directing create the imagination. You know, see that now we are like t so on the fucking same page because I think that that is what movies really do. Movies show you that there's nothing more incredible that's what, than what's already inside your head. Right. Like that they, movies can never do justice to what you can already imagine. So so remember the movie Signs, the M. Night Shyamalan movie? Yeah. I'm sure it's polarizing. Who cares? I remember when I first saw it, I was so scared of the alien. Yeah, me too. And then you realize an hour and 10 minutes in the movie, you've never seen the alien. Yes, exactly. You haven't seen it. You're, and then you, actually, once you see it, you're like, this movie is fucking like, dumb as shit. Totally. You're like, who's, that's well, just some extra so, that you put a bunch of like blue that's paint the, on. That's the magic of Jaws. Like Jaws, you rarely see the shark. And a lot of times you see things just associated with the shark yes. and the power of the imagination. Yes. But, but. You're like, oh my God, the scariest stuff is the stuff I imagined in my head. What they could actually physically put on screen will never compare. But, that's, but a big power of editing a movie is just the, the, the power of movies in general is this thing, dialectic materialism where you take one image, you take another image and you, it's the thesis and the antithesis and mm -hmm. you synthesize in your head and create an image, right? You see someone, a guy looking maybe sad, then you see a shot of a bowl of soup and you think he's hungry, right? You've created the image through two uh, different ideas. So no country for old men. Whereas if you juxtapose yeah. it with a coffin, it, he's sad about the, it's right. the assumptions we make and how we project, which I think so is- So no country for old men does that amazingly at times. You have a shot where you stop showing him kill people yeah. and just cut. He goes up to a, a farmer with a bunch of chickens. Yeah, and yeah, he yeah. Goes, can I get those chickens out of there? And then it cuts them just washing the truck and you know he's killed the farmer. And these are like powerful, like amazing editing. I didn't mean to cut you off, but I amazing see, editing yeah, yeah, no, where I you convey stuff through the- And I guess I see chicken hero. <laughs> I guess I see what you mean because, but I also am the same person where I was like, I don't like assuming the same thing everyone assumed. And I don't like this because all I do is think about the director in the edit bay going, you know what? Just cut it. Let them figure it out. Like, I don't like thinking that a, a person is trying to manipulate me with all these different ways. You know, it's like I have this actor pretending to be this person. I have this pretend and I'm trying to manipulate. Like, I it's like the same reason I can't stand. I'll, I'm being dramatic. Well, I don't love magic because I'm like, I know you're lying to me. You don't love magic. Well, magic is just lonely men trying to like create and a, a woman. There's a woman. We found her. Okay. We found her. I've hung out with magicians. Trust me, the magic is gone. When, gone. You, when you hang out with them at <laughs> the a diner dissipates. late at night, they're like, I haven't been laid in seven months. They're like, can you set yourself on yeah. fire, please? <laughs> Jesus. They like asymmetrical haircuts. But I just am very, um, I just need to know, I need to be able to dismantle the magic and then I can enjoy it, which is why, which is why before I watch a movie, I, this is, people are going to lose their minds. I look up the spoiler. That's insane. I love it. <laughs> I look up spoilers. That's insane. I want to know how the movie ends because then I don't have to think about it. I can just enjoy how it was executed and go, oh, they executed that well. Because I don't want to be surprised because then I feel like manipulated. I like a spoiler too because then I, I have something to be, I'm excited. I'm like, no, what's going to happen? I think much like me in relationships where I run away instead of getting hurt, I think you're avoiding emotions in movies because you don't want to be affected by them. If you've ever made a movie and watched it without music, you know that music, are, that movies are meaningless without music. So I think to me, when I like, that's a great movie, I'm always like, 
That's actually gonna, not, that's not, I mean, that is true a lot of times, but if you've seen Roma, it actually has no score and I've cried. Interesting, I've I didn't know that. i the entire movie. Uh, um, no score and that's part of it. Yes. I just find that a lot of times but I'm that like- that is true most of the time. I'm like, what is this? I, I just have to but know. But all art is manipulative. It's not whether yes. it's manipulative or not. Art is, has to be manipulative. You're trying to get people to feel things. That's the point. Yeah, when, when someone is saying art is manipulative in a pejorative way, what they're saying is, it's man, it's badly manipulative in the sense that you can tell it's manipulative. Yeah. So it's not that it's manipulative. All art's manipulative. It's just that if you see it being manipulative, that's when it fails. You know what it is? I feel like movies to me are like porn with guys. Not that guys uh -huh. go into porn doing this. You I just comments go, after. I just I like to leave comments. I like to let them know. Smile more. Um, oh I watch movies and go, that's not real. They use like don't get your hopes up. Yeah. So for me, as someone that grew up on movies and television and then had a rude awakening when she went out into the world and was like, huh? Like, this is, you know, at the time, you know, because it's like people, even down to like the first time I went to a restaurant, like you sit down and you're like, where's the waitress? You think they're going to come as soon as you sit down? Yeah. How's your day? Like nothing matches. You I treat movies like an ex that, that, that betrayed you. You're <laughs> like, I will never let, I will never let this movie, movies make me feel anything ever you're again. You're not, not going to get me this time. You know seriously treat movies the way I treat relationships. But the same you're way like, I watch the spoiler so I don't have to be moved. You want to avoid When you meet someone, stuff. you're like, just tell me now. Yeah. What's the problem? Just yeah. tell me now. Just, I want the shoot you're to drop out. You're afraid to feel something. I'm afraid to feel something and not only that I'm afraid to get expectations that are going to disappoint me later from movies and I and I don't like being manipulated and I don't like a false sense of um like hope or or uh, you know as someone that I, I make things well, that no are country for all men will not give you a false sense of hope <laughs> uh, uh, I don't like I, I get very I think also unsettled on a deep level that that so many people could have such different takes on one subjective thing. That's very unsettling to my brain because it's like, well, if we can't agree on what the best movie is, we can't agree on anything. Like right. it just, it's, it, people have different, having such strong opinions about one thing disorganizes my brain. It makes me feel unsafe. Like no one gets along and, and mommy and daddy are fighting. People bring so much of their own personal emotional baggage to that's movies. That's right, that's right. When you're arguing someone about a movie and you don't like a movie they like, they feel like you're trivializing their own. Yes. Like I argue with Joe about like, Joe has like a lot of father issues. He loves Field of Dreams. I don't like that movie. Every guy that loves Field of Dreams they have was abused by their father. Yeah, or, or their father neglected them. Or know? they suck at sports. But when I talk shit about that movie, I'm basically telling Joe, your father will never be proud of you. Like it's like a, it's like it, a. It's not going to happen. Yeah. It's I, not. I have the same thing. You I, can build it. They won't come. I have the same thing. I, the movies I cry at, Rudy? I, 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 no, I don't give a shit about any Wait, of what that. What would you cry at? Tell us. Do you, tell by the way, the, just really quick, do you know how many relationships of mine have ended because I was in love with the guy and then he cried at Rudy and I could never fuck him again? I don't give a shit about Rudy. I don't why? cry at that kind of stuff. I don't care about it. It's about like an underdog. I mean, why would that, Why? Why you don't like crying? Well, because I'm just like, mm, you suck at football. I don't cry at inspirational. <laughs> it's unattractive <laughs> to watch a guy cry at a guy pretending to play football. I don't cry at like inspirational. You're like, he got it. It's like, you mean the actor pretended <laughs> to suck at football? I don't cry at like inspirational underdog bad. Sean Astin sucks at football. But but actually, Joe is very moved by Rudy because there's a father sure. figure in it who's very proud of him. So the music's like, amazing. But I uh, the movies I cried at were uh, a lot of movies. Roma? But I'll, I don't yes. know if you... Okay. I'll Wall. say a couple I of movies. I keep thinking of Vida. I'm like... Here, let's play a game. I love Vida. 
I love. <laughs> I could just hold school paper on Roma. You said the most obvious gay choices but also, act like it's a shocker. <laughs> let me tell you something about you. It you is. also have a masochistic <laughs> movie thing. Like you like to watch movies that make you, because I think that's the other thing. I think when you've had a, like a, I'm surprised because as someone that has anxiety and hypochondria, why you would sign up to watch movies that make you feel either pain or loss. Like Jaws, I'm crying, but I keep on watching. There's a movie called Rabbit Hole where Nicole Kidman and her husband's based baby on a play dies. By David Lindsay Bear. Don't make it. Yeah. No, don't make that movie. That's the movies I want to see. I want to see movies that make. Don't me... make it. Why do you want to see it? I want flag. I use movies to learn about life. I want to see what life is like, and but I want. It's not. It's a movie. But you use it's a simulator. You use movies to like see the reality of life. I I use movies to yeah. Like, but it's two rich people that live in mansions pretending they lost a child that they didn't lose. Well, I know it's acting. <laughs> I, know, I'm not, I am aware of that. What about just go DM someone that lost a child and be like, hey, can we chat for a minute? Do not. <laughs> it's just like you don't. But it's fake. Hey, can you watch a whole movie real quick for I'm me? Just saying, but it's pretend. Do you have any, any tapes of, of the death? It's pretend. I mean, that's the one thing. It's like I enjoy movies for what they are. A bunch of people with no problems, pretending they have problems. And I'm signing up for the the roller coaster. When I get on the 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 Galaxy um, ride at Disneyland, I don't think I'm in the Milky Way. I'm participating in the delusion. That's the problem. I think you've lost, you're disconnected you ha- you from You have it. to buy into it to enjoy it. Anything I do sometimes. I do and sometimes, sometimes movies that are sad. I do sometimes. It, to me, it is escape. Escapism to me is being able to really connect to other human beings in a movie and escape your own issues. So that doesn't mean the movie has to be happy. It, it just is a movie that I feel like it really is real enough that I can that I can connect to these characters. Yeah. So I connect to something like Tommy Lee Jones and No Country for All Men. Someone who, when you've seen movies where there's always a sheriff by the end in every other movie, that sheriff always d- never gives up. In this movie, he's actually afraid and he actually gives up at the end and leaves. And that's the kind of stuff that I connect to. I, it feels like a real emotion not just the bullshit that movies tell you but seeing something real that excites me it makes me f- feel more alive because he gave up on yeah. the actual actor gave you up would, on making movies during that movie because he didn't understand what he was doing you would love five goes west there's a He's like, what's this about <laughs> and uh but i think the magic of movies is you that do not believe in the magic yeah, you of movies no you don't <laughs> well here's what i'm You're like they're actors <laughs> once i've once you've tried to make a movie and it's so devastating and all what your, movie hurt you this is what the movie thing hurt i talk you? about that celebrities Couple. do whenever they whenever they receive like awards for movies and they're like oh this movie it's like no what movie yeah what movie well, hurt you? because name the movie temple grandin goes her whole life being <laughs> temple grandin What's and that? then Claire Danes wins an award for pretending to be Temple Grandin and she knows like I'm not the one that should deserve this fucking award I just pretended and I'm fine and I don't wear this vests is, This is no different than a award <laughs> Don't go to the award show every actor, every actor at some level has the shame of knowing that they're just pretending to be the hero Then don't take it, the job this is literally but no different job. than yelling about well, men. Shot. All men are liars. They're all liars. You're I'm like, just which saying, guy hurt you? you I know? can tell you why actors, when they get up there and accept an award, they're like, um, I should probably thank the person this is based on because I kind of just like, that's the person well, that yeah. lived well, it. Well, that's different than being like, ugh. But so wait, but wait, what movie? I want to know what movies hurt I'm you. Not, here's what the movies thing, once did you believe it and they hurt you? What com- When's the last time you laughed in a comedy show? It's like that with movies for me. I, I enjoy movies when I watch a scene that is great. I get excited for the filmmaker that they got it. <laughs> That's I get, when yeah. I. That's how I can enjoy movies. I, I enjoy movies when I'm like, oh, they fucking pulled that off. 
oh my god! Well, look, how, I'm not in. How did they cut that together? Like, oh, that editor is a genius. Like, because you know that movies are just made from like you know string and shoelaces and stuff. And You're when right. You, I'm, and I'm not in Hollywood, so I don't. Maybe it's like seeing it all has, but I still think it's more than that. I still think some movies really fucked you up. And I, I want to know what movies. I agree, and we're gonna what, get to that. What movies? Like, like hurt me. Yeah, that gave you a gave you like a guy gave you some here's hope the big, and faith, and then reality destroyed you. Because here's the thing: I minored in film and was a very like like um, pompous film major yeah. for the longest time. And like, I don't like the elephant in the. Li- I don't like when people cannot admit that something's didn't affect them because I don't I can't stand herd mentality I can't stand group I agree, thing. but I'm not like that I, I, I have agree. genuine feelings and then I do try to exp- I try to articulate my genuine response you are like that though this yeah. is why we can have this conversation yeah. because I lose friendships all the time when someone's like this movie's genius I'm like is it genius? Like, are we all like? Oh, yeah, I agree with that. Two people said it, so now we all have to say it. And if yeah. I say I don't like it, I'm dumb. Here's what I like, though. What you're saying is true, but I also just, if you like it, great. I hate the person who wants to talk you out of liking it. Like out in the real world, it is. There's nothing worse than someone trying to talk you out of something you like because they that think one- they're smarter or they know something better. I don't give a shit. That's not what movies are for. This so to is me, the movie I like, and if you don't want to watch it, you're, don't come over. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I, yes, think, yes. I do think that's silly, and I, I. I I used to argue about movies. I don't really argue. I mean, I, I, but I also think at a certain point, like I argue with Joe, but we're just having fun. It's like it's a Rorschach test. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, of course, you. Everyone has a different general genuine feeling, and they're all, and we do have a lot of emotional baggage tied to it. Like, okay, I'll tell you the movies. I'll tell you a couple of the movies I cry at, and see if you can have the reason, the theme of why I cry. Lorenzo's Oil. No, but I do remember that Mama movie being Mia. powerful. It's a great movie. Three of the movies I've cried, or four. I'll tell you. Don't say Fences. No, but I was stuck in Mexico with a guy who racist. couldn't stop crying to fences, and I was like, "Ugh." <laughs> but that seemed very racist. You're like, "Don't say roots." <laughs> it's like Jesus. <laughs> if it's Amistad, I swear to God. I saw a black guy crying at roots. What a fucking pussy! If you didn't think Twelve Years a Slave was hilarious, get out. <laughs> I, yeah. The movies I've cried: Roma, which I, if you haven't seen, Roma. I mean. Yeah, yeah. Here's the thing: it is in black and white. I appreciate the moxie. <laughs> and Spanish. It's just like, uh, why Ro- do you hate? It's like, to me, Roma, I saw it with the black and white. Oh, you saw it? No, no, no. I saw the poster. <laughs> and I was like, okay. <laughs> I'm just going to be honest with you. It's Alfonso Cuaron. Jesus. So it's obviously, I already know it's someone, a brilliant filmmaker is making it. I already know it's good. I don't have to see it. Is it what you hate movies? You're annoyed that you know what it is. Hold on. Slow down. I'm a person who goes, Alfonso Cuaron. I know it's going to be good. Give him yeah. the I'd vote for him. I don't even need to see it. That's how good you are. You've proven yourself. I don't need to did see it. Did a movie rape you? What, why are you <laughs> Like, did you get But it's black and white. And I'm just, this to me is like when women don't want to know the gender of their kid. They're like, I don't want to know. It's like, you know how hard scientists work to make a fucking machine that could show you the gender of your child before? And now you're like, I don't want to know. I want to be surprised. As if there's not enough surprise the day you're giving birth. Like, to me, this is just like, why not just use color? Well, you got, I mean, black and white can really happen. Is that why you cry? Because it's in black and white? Yes. I haven't seen it, and it makes me feel dumb, but I've seen City of God. Does that fix everything? <laughs> I didn't I've judge you to begin with. Well, I didn't judge you to begin with. <laughs> I've seen Cat City. <laughs> but so, okay, real quick, couple movie trivia things, and then we're going to get into granular stuff arguing about movies. Okay. 
Who turned down the role of Han Solo in Star Wars? Who could have been Han Solo in Star Wars? Oh, I think I knew this and then forgot this. Mm. Um, Little man called Al Pacino. Well, you didn't give me the let me I know, but... I thought it was Adriana Partridge. (laughs) But this is a... This is a podcast no one wants to wait around for you to think. (laughs) So well, I, would, I, we would have trimmed that part out. That's, yes. I can see why you didn't get into no country. You're like, I'm not going to let you draw this out. No one has time for this. Yeah, like, one second. All right, on fine. a podcast, if there's a certain amount of silence, people like are like, is my phone broken? Like right, they'll right, they'll okay. start fixing right, their card. It's not I, broken. I, I just know to go quicker. Jessica Simpson was almost in the Notebook as the lead. What? But turned it down. She <laughs> turned it down. Yeah, because I think something about it, boobs or something. Her boobs are too big. No, she just didn't want to be nude or something, or have a sex scene. Plot twist. Jessica Simpson? I'm pretty sure that was in the book. I'm almost positive. In her book? Now you all pressured me into not believing myself. Are you sure she didn't just buy a notebook? (laughs) And not know what to do with it? All right, what's the other one? Jessica Simpson, the notebook. She marketed it to you. Here's why Jessica Simpson turned down the role of Allie in the notebook. She was offered Ah. the part that ultimately went to Rachel McAdams. Turns out Simpson was actually offered, offered the role of Allie. She turned it down because of the movie's now famous sex scene. You're telling me in the read. tone like he's wrong. I knew wrong, I could read. Right. <laughs> yeah. Everyone attacked me like I couldn't read, well, but I knew that, what I knew. It's weird that Jessica Simpson. Wow. Is it, wow. It, that was she have remember, a sex she, video and stuff? No. What, the, someone different. She wouldn't oh. budge about removing the sex scene. And then That's the way. Because the that way was during this, her time of being like, remember she was like a Christian, all that uh, stuff. Was this before or after she was eating the hamburger on the car naked? Oh, that would definitely be before, I'm pretty sure. But let me ask you. It's not even she, nudity in it. It's not, because Rachel McAdams, what they ended up cutting around it. If there was nudity, I would know. But she, that was when she was, a, remember, she was the, the whole virginal thing, and she was, yeah. and oh, so it was before. Was, oh, yeah. it was before she just leaned into That's it and it did, like, Dukes like of Hazard. Yeah. Interesting. That's And fun. then after the reality show, she was more sexy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, um, I mean, Rachel McAdams is a really good actress. Dirk Diggler in Boogie Nights was almost... Leonardo DiCaprio. Okay. He was offered $20 million by Lionsgate to portray crazed serial killer Patrick Bateman in American Psycho. He was also offered American DiCaprio? Psycho. DiCaprio? Oh. Yes. Can you imagine? Um, it's hard to imagine Christian Bale not in that part because he's so perfect for it. Is um, it a red flag when a guy's favorite movie is American Psycho? If their favorite movie is a movie about a serial killer who enjoys killing women and it's like and a who comedy. looks in a mirror when he rapes wh- yeah. corpses. I mean, it could be a red flag. Okay, this is fa- I love trivia like this, and you probably know all this as like a movie I, podcast. I'm, I'm losing terribly. Uh, uh, okay, so it's interesting because because American Psycho, Mary Heron was directing, wanted Christian Bale. She was replaced by Oliver Stone, who a one Whitney Cummings wrote her senior honors thesis on Oliver mm-hmm. Stone. JFK I wrote my senior honors thesis on. The, on JFK, the movie, yeah. the most edits of any movie ever at that time. Leonardo DiCaprio and Oliver Stone couldn't agree on a creative direction. So Leonardo DiCaprio went and did uh, a big hit called The Beach. Yes. And, and then, Heron returned to the project and Christian Bale was cast. Interesting. Yeah. I love stuff like that. Yeah. It's, I could see Oliver Stone making it like Natural Born Killers kind of. But I uh, think it's a much better best movie. Tra- I mean, Natural Born Killers to me is... Is if you're gonna go pound for pound, best movie, best script, best directing, best acting, most effective casting, natural born the killers. Brain. That's funny because Tarantino actually started. Don't write elephants. When Tarantino Tarantino felt like Oliver Stone did such a bad job well, he's wrong. making a screenplay, that's when he started making his own movies. Yes, right. Oh, yes, but Oliver Stone wrote Natural Born Killers. I'm sorry. No, Tarantino. Tarantino did, it. but Oliver Stone directed it. Yes, and then Tarantino was so upset about how it turned is there out. More genius, like, is there more genius casting than Ronnie Dangerfield as the dad in that movie? It is pretty terrifying. 
Yeah. Is there any more genius casting? When people want to say comedians can't do drama, comedians, I just am like, Rodney Dangerfield, Natural Born Killers is hands down. Comedians can play any type of child molester in any movie. Best piece of casting. Any father who fucks. And they can also act. Yeah. Someone that develops. Someone develops one hour photo. Remember, yeah. I was interning at a Comedians production. are great at playing serial killers. Great. Robin Williams did Insomnia. It just turns into a documentary. Yeah. Well, no, and then and then one hour photo. Yeah, yeah. He's and then Jim Carrey and Eternal Sunshine and the Spotless Mind. You uh, serial killer? That I didn't see the deleted scene. Remember? Well, no, I wasn't a serial killer, but it was like very sad and dramatic. There was, a, there was an interview with um, Mickey Rourke after The Wrestler. And someone was like, it was amazing how you were able to just like cry on command. Mm-hmm. And his response was, he was like, oh, well, that's easy for me. It's not acting. I'm just always about to cry. <laughs> and I was like, that's it with comics. Like if you're going <laughs> to cast someone that need, like, that's true. we're your guy, you yeah. know, um, who uh, could not play Indiana Jones. Harrison Ford got it. Who almost played Indiana Jones couldn't do it because he was tied up in a TV show. Chris Farley. Uh, wait, no, just give me a second. God damn it. I'm too quick. Uh, tied up in a TV there's show. There's no way you would know this. I need to stop phrasing it as questions. Richard Dreyfuss. This is the worst game show ever. Uh, Tom Selleck. Oh, the Tom one Selleck. Tom Selleck almost was Indiana Jones and, uh, Monsters Ball, which went to Halle Berry. Yes. Angela Bassett passed. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Oh. I don't. I that that movie is. Monster Ball is a great movie. So intense. They say that sex scene is real. That's the rumor. It's on the web. I mean that that honestly, I'd rather it be real than faked. Like, <laughs> faking it is so much more traumatizing. That movie's like the most depressing. I do anything I know, to fuck that Tommy Lee the Jones. Candy bars. Uh, Matthew Broderick declined the iconic role of Walter White. Why wow, now you're not in even, Breaking Bad. Now you're not even asking the questions. You're Can just you saying. no? We don't have time for that. Also, not a movie. I don't have time. What's well, a TV show? I mean, casting. And imagine Matthew Broderick like making meth and killing people. <laughs> I don't know if this is a good idea or not. You know what I love? Here's here's why I suck at at, at watching movies. I love a movie when there's continuity errors. Uh-huh. Birdcage. You can see the microphone. In like, you mean Birdman? I say? No, Bird Cage. Sorry, I went there for Matthew Broderick. Oh, oh you mean Bird uh, Cage? You can see oh. the boom mic in half the shots. Oh, really? Half I love shot. when I see the in Jurassic half pa- the shots in Jurassic Park. There's literally a part where you can see a hand prop up of the Velociraptor. It's very yeah. <laughs> Which one? Well, it's, it's in Game the kitchen. Thrones, then didn't you with the Starbucks? Cup. There was a Starbucks cup in the middle of da- Game of Thrones. If you watch Ben Hur, uh, uh, which I can't stand watching the scene because of the horses and the in the carriages, but um, he's wearing a Rolex in Ben Hur. <laughs> I love, I remember one time I was watching House because I was doing an episode of House it was when I first started doing TV and I'm just calling people out on this episode. S- who's the woman that was on that? Um, Selma Ward. Selma Ward. She's doing a scene uh, where it's just her like on the phone and every time they cut back to her, her pencil's in a different place. <laughs> like she put it in her hair and then she's writing with it and then it's in another side of her. It's just like continuity. It's such a small thing, but it's so important Yeah, and such a big deal. And, but I'm obsessed with, I'm such a Virgo snitch. I'll just watch movies like looking for things to change. I do that. Yeah. To avoid yourself from being affected by it. The other day I was watching a movie and this is all because of you. I definitely blame you for it. And I kept noticing that they were frying food, but the grease wasn't on. And so they just kept taking out like just pieces of just uncooked fish and they just kept doing it over and over until they cut back. And I was like, I would never have noticed that. I ruin movies for you. You, you know, no, I just, just realized. I thing. always know it's ADR. Do you now, after watching movies with me, know when it's ADR and looping? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Alex is the one. We went and saw whatever it was, like Get Out or something like, in, or I don't know, something in a theater. 
and everything I, I was like i'll go that was looping that was adr like and it's just like stop doing that whenever a character's talking yeah. off camera that, that was adr she's just acting in this part that, that, that doesn't really have that happen. I I every time someone's like closed in a different place and i'm like that's a different everything uh, you say about movies okay. is how i say about relationships i always look for problems I get out, you know, I can't like invest in it. It's like the your relationship to movies is my relationship to women. You're just trying to find continuity mistakes? Yes, exactly. <laughs> but weirdly enough, I don't cry in like real life, but I cry in movies all the time. So I'm emotionally invested not in relationships, but in movies. We I, have the exact opposite. It's like, but it's like when you watch comedy, you can you can enjoy it, but you're also like, I know how he did that, and I get why or she did that. Like, I see what that I mean, was. Stand up, a comedy movies I can laugh at. Stand yeah, up, you I feel guess. That way about movies, that's what I was going to say. Stand up you is maybe a little movies? Shrek. Continuity mistake. Shrek in 2001, the front door opens outwards at other times it opened inwards. Yet it can't be a two ways because whenever it closes, it slams against the frame. It's I not love. A real door. Yeah, it's a, a cartoon. cartoon. <laughs> I love, but I love stuff like that. Planes, trains, and automobiles. When Dell comes out of the passenger side of the dairy truck, he's seen with a black eye for no reason. The next scene, it's not there. It's there again when he admits to being homeless. I love stuff like that because then the story to me is not the story of the movie. It's the story of the person, the makeup person. You love it because it, it keeps you from feeling emotionally affected. The same way I love seeing problems with women so it allows me to get out without being vulnerable. Because Stop now trying you're trying to psychoanalyze <laughs> me. That's what I do on this yeah. show. He's saying now you're thinking about real life and not the movie. Yeah, it keeps you. Yeah, because yeah, I think for me it's more interesting what actually happened behind the scene. Like this. Like, have you seen Lost in La Mancha? Incredible documentary about Terry Gilliam, yeah, yeah, director of Brazil, now. one of the greatest directors ever. So the donkey, they were making um, Don Quixote. This is probably a twenty-year-old movie. I saw it at the Toronto Film Festival because um, I was like a movie maniac. Yeah. like that was my whole thing was movies and. Um, for the longest time in Lost in La Mancha, documentary about Terry Gilliam trying to make Don Quixote. And it's basically before Project Greenlight, before all these like behind the scenes, yeah. like bloopers, whatever, shows uh, a documentary crew that was coming into just basically do the behind the scenes, BTS, like interviews uh, behind a movie where Johnny Depp was playing Don Quixote, Terry Gilliam's directing Terry Gilliam. It shows every single thing that goes wrong during this movie. This was like the most cursed production, right? He's making all these incredible costumes for yeah. the Don Quixote movie. And then the costume truck catches on fire. They're yeah. shooting outside. This incredible Everything goes wrong. Yeah, Everything goes wrong. They're shooting in this incredible desert and it never rains. All of a sudden it rains. And then the way that the clay stains with the water, it takes seven days to dry. So they can't have continuity. They can't go back to location for seven days because that's a dry. They're like blow drying a desert trying yeah. to get it to to match right and then uh uh the actor who's playing don quixote gets testicular cancer yeah, that's right everything's it's not fun. johnny depp it's that old guy that's yeah. right they're like we can still shoot the only thing he can't do is ride a horse <laughs> <laughs> it's the only thing the character has to i mean you just see terry gilliam being like I mean, and then there's a storm and then the cameras are being washed out. Like, it's like it's everything. Insane. movies are ruined for you. Everything <laughs> that could go wrong goes wrong. And then when you make a movie and your heart just gets broken, it's like it's like rain on your wedding day or something when you're like, I've spent all this time trying to make this movie and then it rains or someone's stoned or someone drops a thing in a break. It's like the tiniest thing can right. shatter the whole dream. So to me, I guess I think that like, to me, I sometimes I just get so sensitive about movies because it's like criticizing a movie to me as someone that just trashed No Country for Old Men. Uh, <laughs> it's like criticizing. It's really I feel like I've been movies it's most right, of the time. You may have seen. It's really hard for me to be. This critical. is a good lesson for good for you listeners to learn, though. Don't pull the curtain back. You hate. Stay off behind you there. hate movie. You hate movies so much. Your favorite movie is about a movie being ruined. <laughs> 
It's not film. <laughs> yeah, that's how you know. Like, yeah, yeah. Fuck that movie. Fuck that movie. You know what it is? May it never get made, so it'll never hurt me and I, give me false expectations goes, of life. When he just goes to sets and ruins other people's movies. Yeah. When I watch that's a ABR, movie, that's all, I do, Starbucks <laughs> all I do is go like the audience. No matter how much you're learning and laughing and enjoying this. So many people suffered to make this. <laughs> you, this one, no one enjoyed making this. If you guys enjoyed this, fine, but no, ever, like half the people on this production got divorced. I'm clearly like but I'm they afraid. Got the money. That's the trade-off. I'm afraid of being emotionally affected Three in a relationship, people. and you're afraid of being emotionally affected by. Movies. That's a very good point, which brings me to how Tom Cruise was uh, <laughs> preoccupied with another film and passed on the role of Ren McCormick in Footloose. No. Oh. Can you imagine if Tom Cruise was in Footloose? I can't actually. I can't imagine. It's not that hard. <laughs> you can. <laughs> I can imagine him in Footloose. I yeah. And Footloose is one of the movies where I completely dismantle, and I am in. That feels like I'm such a. In. That feels like a Tom Cruise type movie. I don't know. Guy wanting to dance. Yeah, but Kevin like, Bacon made that movie. I've to be fair, I've never seen it. Not, <laughs> is that true? I've never seen Footloose. What? Yeah. Wait, no, Footloose. Okay. You've never seen it. I've never. You've seen really Footloose. never seen it. I've never seen Footloose. Oh, you're not missing. Anything. I've never seen the other one either. There's a two. Yeah, there is a Patrick two. Patrick Swayze where he's re- dancing. <laughs> it's a two. Dirty dancing. <laughs> dirty dancing. I've never. You've never seen Dirty Dancing. No. So you. This is movies. why your relationships fail. <laughs> Jesus, you know nothing about love. That's so you why. You also hate movies. I've just not, not Dirty Dancing, and the, the, literally. No, the I mean, th- what. This is why you don't no, understand women. Part, Hold on, just to so everyone, just everyone, just calm down. This is why you don't understand women. There's a lot of reasons why These I don't understand are, women. No, 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 no. If you haven't seen Dirty Dancing, you've seen Pretty Woman. I think so. Oh. I've only seen the parts with Jason Alexander. Well, you remember? Jason joking. Alexander. I know. <laughs> I used to do try to do a joke about like. Do you guys remember in Pretty Woman? Jason Alexander tried to rape Julia Roberts, and no one liked it. That's the only scene I've seen. I've seen it a couple. That's the times. only no, scene I'm I've jerked off to. I have a dot. I yeah. I'm not great with like '80s. It was a big. It was actually initially a horror movie, and they recut it to be a comedy because she was so effervescent and great, and no no one in the focus groups wanted her to die. Pretty Women, because they liked her so much. It was a horror movie initially. She was supposed to die in the end, but focus groups loved Julia Roberts so much. How did they make it a horror they movie? Said, just her, you mean a drama? They changed. It was a yeah a drama. Oh. When a woman dies, I would say that's <laughs> horrific. That's a yeah. movie. You now, say, why is that a horror movie? Why is that scary? Do you think for me? terms of adjournment like, is that a horror movie? Sounds like movie? a little bit of drama. I wouldn't say it's a horror. So you're a weekend job. <laughs> a fun, a fun family film. So it's a porn. <laughs> <laughs> okay if y'all are still listening after all my hot takes hot, scorching <laughs> scorching hot takes on I movies i know look look i i believe that when people disagree on things that's just called an interesting conversation mm-hmm. it doesn't oh. mean you don't have to hate me if i don't like your favorite movie right. we should have to, what if everyone had the same favorite things yeah, it'd be, pretty, pretty it'd be a cult. It'd be a cult. It'd be so boring. But the problem is, and then we get a no- doc- documentary. We shouldn't Ooh. agree on everything, but I do feel like what all podcasters have agreed on is that the only cool water to have on your table when you're podcasting is liquid death. It's the only cool water. <laughs> it's so annoying. This isn't it water. Is, this is cool. I chug love it. it. Chug it. Even Emily looks cool drinking this water. Hold on. Can you wait for me, please? I'm. Hold on. This is the kind of water. It's okay, Liquid Death. You've seen it on. Oh my God! Ah! 
Okay. See how cool that was? Emily just tried to smash a liquid death bottle, okay, on her forehead. And honestly, it doesn't. I'm like, like you cut yourself. <laughs> oh, no. But here's the and thing. That's punk rock. That is recycled. <laughs> it is recycled. It is good for the environment. And you finally drank water for once. Yes. I have to. And it murdered our thirst. By the way, it did not murder uh, this thirsty bitch, <laughs> but it murdered her thirst. They donate 10% of every can sold to fighting plastic. Because it's also like, it's it's just sick. And they have mm. a cool story about their drink on the side, mm. but you have to buy it to find it out. Yes. Or show them your koozie. The liquid death <gasps> oh, koozie. Oh, yes. The merch. I know. This is some of their merch. I'm, I'm jealous. jealous. That's oh so cool. Oh my God. There's a koozie. Can you say it for the listeners? We've done 140 episodes. I'm still saying, can you describe the That's thing? That's okay. You'll take over. Don't worry. Benton refuses to paint a picture, and I hope hydrating with liquid death will change well, that. How would you describe it? I, I, I know what I'm capable of. <laughs> Get free shipping. shipping. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> all water and merge at liquiddeath.com slash Whitney. That's liquiddeath.com slash Whitney. Or oh. grab some at Whole Foods, Sprouts, and 7-Eleven. We're about to talk about my favorite underoos. They are called MeUndies. Mm-hmm. This is not a game to me. Okay. <laughs> I'm obsessed with MeUndies. I had to wear some other ratchet underwear recently on stage, and I was a, a, a my crevices were in a marsh. It was a nightmare. I have rosacea of the inner labial fold. It was not. It was a. It was a miss. It was a tainted situation. It was, it was a. <laughs> it was a. <laughs> It was uh, my rock bottom, frankly. I would just like to throw back to uh, a tiny clip where we tried to do a MeUndies ad when Jen Kramer was here. (laughs) Oh my gosh, the magician. Yeah, when I got wasted. Yeah. We just need to share it with you guys. That was my rock bottom, to be honest. On your bottom. Rock bottom would be such a good name for a gay bar. We're playing this again. Should we just do a magic trick for you about MeUndies. I've pissed myself and MeUndies absorbed pee. Thank you. Jen, I swear in Vegas that we didn't think it would be like this. Okay, so I wear, Tada, I wear magic underwear. It's called MeUndies. What do you wear? Oh my God. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I thought I was going to show my underwear. Tada! Don't run out of Tada! Do you see any kind of... uh, Line. This is so nice. Do you see uh, any oh, underwear line on you. my butt? I like it. I love these cards. Jen, you do you like see it. any lines on my butt? I, I don't. You've my... magically made them disappear. Okay, so we work I don't with MeUndies. MeUndies is a <gasps> product where you can I'm magically wear underwear that is comfortable, absorptive, and takes in all <sighs> the, the, the weird random um, moisture, and you don't even feel it. Emily? Ta-da. Mm. What? We're going to talk. What? Why am I in trouble? Um, And we're back. I do believe that when you drink, the truth comes out. And my Mm -hmm. truth is that MeUndies is me. Yeah. And this, I put the me in me undies. And this is the time of year. Oh my God, you literally do put the me in me undies. I know. That's a good, it's a good slogan. A, you guys can have that. Put the me in me oh, undies. Well, for the company, they're already, thank you so much. <laughs> this is the time of year where we spend hours, days, or even months trying to find the best gifts for our favorite people. Luckily, me undies is back with their ultimate gift guide. So you can save time and focus on going home for the holidays with the coziest gifts ever. 
Get your festive on with the new MeUndies holiday collection featuring classic plaids you know and love and sweater-inspired prints that will quickly quickly become favorites. Their undies, loungewear, and sleepwear are made out of soft, breathable, stretchy fabrics that are ideal for sitting fireside with a loved one and chatting about life over a cup of hot cocoa. Get the family photo you've always dreamed of with matching PJ sets or make every day a spa day with plush robes and plush slippers. Whatever you decide, everyone will be rolling in the new year comfier than before. Available in sizes extra small through 4XL. Why are you showing off your earrings? Me Undies has a little something. Put your hair behind your. Now that I bought you earrings, you need to put your hair behind your ears at all times. Me Undies has a. (laughs) Me Undies has a little something for everyone on your list. You have to cut your hair, by the way. Whitney got me a bob. You have to get a bob. Whitney got me these beautiful earrings for Christmas, and also a Me Undies prescription. Prescription? Because you have that 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 coochie prong. <laughs> There's a prescription. Also service. got me an earring. <laughs> I knew this was going to be a thing. I knew it. And I, no, you're the only one upset about it. Look Don't how nice buy it is. gifts for pe- people. I like it. Just I, only buy me undies. Everyone in the room likes their gift, but Whitney, she hates the gifts she bought us and is projecting. And I think that. That's yeah, rude. I think I nailed it. But MeUndies has nail it. I love mine. Great offer for it's my listeners. Stone. For any first-time purchasers, you get 15% off and free shipping right to your door. Your days of fighting for your life in the mall parking lot are over. That's, oh, man. That's really funny. <laughs> get 15% off your first order, free shipping, and 100% satisfaction guarantee. And I hate everything. Go to MeUndies.com slash Whitney. That's MeUndies.com slash Whitney. Don't slash me in. Please don't slash me. <laughs> but it's dot slash Whitney. The the backslash. The now not the verb. Now back to my friend Renan. I think Renan? Renan. I know that, but I second guess myself. Okay, so dirty dancing. Here's the thing about movies like that. Dirty dancing and full is like, I don't know if watching it now would have the same because those movies were so pivotal to me. Like, what were the most pivotal movies where you're like, I learned something about myself or I I expanded as a person. Like, do you have any of those pivotal movies? Dirty Dancing and Footloose, I think. You would love Footloose. You're like, a town with all these rules? <laughs> I do think I enjoy that. I'm learning a lot about me. No and I had a one town. gets to have any fun. You said, what if nobody danced and they used coasters? <laughs> Wouldn't that be a treat? I don't know. I, I feel like there's so... <laughs> <laughs> I just see you with a child being like, I'm learning a lot from this. No one dances at prom. I like this place. I feel like, I don't know, there's a lot of 80s movies I just haven't seen. That's the decade I don't haven't seen as much of. And I feel like anytime someone tells me to watch it's 80s movies, they're like, it's amazing. And then I watch it and I'm like, yeah. Well, it's it's like they don't hold I, up anymore. And I don't know. Like, I, I think that Dirty Dancing, when you when I first watched, I mean, add, I've as, seen Ghost. Excellent. Actually, I just saw that recently. Excellent. But but here's <laughs> so the bad. thing. I don't know. Like, I, I I go back and over the pandemic, I watched a lot of movies that I hadn't seen in a while. I watched Charlie and Chocolate Factory. Emily knows I watched a lot of Shirley Temple That's movies. I watched all these movies. Where I was like, Jesus, these do not hold up. Charlie like, and Chocolate Factory, the old one? Dude, it looks like a like a fifth grade science project. Well, the That's special effects. It's it. insane. The special effects don't hold up, but either the humor special holds up. Special effects? You mean whatever. the duct tape? <laughs> you mean the science. Of the poster board? <laughs> I mean, it's wild. Special effects, you 
be the diorama that, like, that a mentally handicapped kid brought to science fair? You mean the Make-A-Wish project? I mean, well, seeing, I mean, yes, but like, you're like my brother. My brother's like, I could never watch a movie from the 70s, but emotionally it holds up. It's funny. Gene Wilder's really the, funny. I think as an adult, I go, oh, there was all this commentary here that I was too young to understand before. It's about ki- like parents coddling their kids and not being the yeah. parents and allowing their kids, to, you know. Well, what kind of psycho goes into watching a movie from the 70s like, this better be the same quality as today? Yeah. Well, what's the <laughs> Not you, but I'm saying like, I, I mean, well, quality of effects. Like, no, how about your brother? You said your brother. That was oh. where I went. Some well, movies, both. some but also movies. You. Yeah, both of them. I think for dramas and horrors, it accents the viewing experience. Like, if you go back and watch a cro- Clockwork Orange now, it's even creepier and weirder because right. of the but these, yeah. are, quote, these are children's movies. You're like watching Wither of Oz. Oh, that doesn't hold up. You can tell that horse well, is painted blue. You, well, no, you're I just like, why is this 16-year-old hanging out with all these old guys all the time? Like, it's weird. Oh, and, yeah, why, the- and why is she taking care of all their emotional feelings? Like, it, it's more like, as an adult, you step back and you're like, oh, Judy Garland was 15. Mm-hmm. All these other actors were 76. And like... And why is there only one pair of nice shoes in the whole city? And I know back then that the makeup that the witch is wearing is super toxic and flammable. And I know the story behind the movie. Well, I know yeah. she got like there are sick. A lot of, there are a lot of and, things that can make you the, sad the, about the Wizard of Oz. And I'm like... Clown lung. Well, yeah, what... Well, Tin also, man got I mean, clown lung. also that's what real. about the fact that they're drugging Judy Garland with speed the whole time to keep her? Well, like, that's working. Hollywood, baby. She, she that. I mean, that's you know, a little Judy. upsetting. Yeah. Judy Did they speed. drug her? Yeah, that, what do you that, mean? They gave her like Adderall? Oh, it wasn't called Adderall at the time, but I believe it was the benzos or whatever they call it back then. Well, that's a downer, isn't it? Isn't a benzodiazepam no. like a like a Xanax or a? No, I think that's not. I ben- learned this in family therapy. No, I think there was a different term for it, but it, they gave her speed a lot. Yeah. But also, I mean, you know, it's also, I mean, that movie, like, her life is very tragic, but I read a whole article about I don't know about that. How, the, how did she die? Judy Garland? I don't know, I swear. Oh, really? I thought you were being sarcastic. I'm not, I'm not. Oh, I she surely o- don't. She OD'd. It was alcohol or yeah, drugs. Yeah, she had a hard life. But I think it was drugs. Um, she had a really hard, yeah. Um, but also, you know, what I read, this is how little women mattered on the set back then. She was constantly, apparently, I saw a headline. It was a true story. It said her, her ex-husband said she was molested on the set by, by munchkins. It was a weird headline because they're referring to the fictional. I didn't fictional laugh at character. that, and I think I deserve a trophy. But it's it is, it is really funny because you said Munchkins. The, the headline really did say Munchkins, which is hilarious. It's like that wasn't fair. I you know. said Munchkins. It's a ridiculous. He- it's like I, I mean, know. you could have said like Keebler Elves or something. It was a ridiculous headline because they were using those. Like it was. It's like saying they like, were Munchkins. Like Willy Wonka got ra- raped by Oompa Loompas. It's like an insensitive headline. But apparently, she did get molested by the little people on the set. She was below the little people. Also, that's one how of them where hung women themselves. There's in the one of the munchkins. Yeah. I don't know if that's true though. That might be a. Oh, that could be a lie. That, that might be out. apocryphal. I mean, he might, I didn't might have just on like it. I just heard it. No, I've heard that tripped too, on a mousetrap. <laughs> okay, so okay, so Judy Garland being molested by munchkins. I'm gonna sit this one out, um, <laughs> because I have a hot take, which is if. <laughs> Just run away. I'm sorry. Just I jump. Just, I'm sorry. Just jump in the I'm air. I'm sorry. Am I an asshole? Just go to. Uh, I'm just. Just find a stepladder. I'm just <laughs> on a chair. I'm just. I'm sorry, but you There's would have so to. So many of them. You would have to accommodate them to be molested by them. You would have to do a deep squat. I mean, no. I just. I'm sorry. Am I an asshole? Maybe they, maybe they were emotionally. They were like. Uh, they'd be like, "Can you pick me up just for fun?" <laughs> and then she picked him up, and then they grabbed. How do you get molested by a munchkin? <laughs> I'm just, I'm, I'm not They're trying not, to be a dick. Munchkin is not the politically correct term. It's little people. Sorry. <laughs> it's about the quantity Magical elves. They outnumbered her. So they gang raped her? You mean the Munchkins gang raped Munchkins? Her. Since plural to me. I think they'd like, they'd probably just jump up and like, 
pat her ass and then walk so away. So they grabbed her. They, they're not, how far do you think they are? They took her into a tree trunk. <laughs> well, you know, a couple of them had lollipops. So that made That's them taller. Lollipop, yeah. yeah. You welcome you they to like, the lollipop know, guild. Yeah. The lollipop guild. They maybe, the yeah, smacked her on we the ass with the lollipop. sweetly. I'm just... I just need someone to walk them. me through it. It's hard to victim blame because it's hard to know who the victim is. <laughs> <laughs> is it justice if we call the midgets in this story? Are we all good if we say these midgets molested her? No, you should call them by the proper term, munchkins. Um, <laughs> they're not friends of Dorothy. So uh, here's what I'll say. As, a, as someone that is... Tries to be on the right side people. of history. I think that it is and not what is the opposite of feminist. Whatever. I feel is like this true though. This is true. I feel like I'd be on the wrong side of history if I defended her. <laughs> That's how little women mattered on film sets back then. The so, lead of the don't movie. Don't say little. Don't not now. Not here. What? That's how uh, little she. That's they how mattered. midget they mattered on the film set. They literally women were dwarfed during this time. <laughs> I mean they. <laughs> <laughs> they, they. She really felt like such a small little person during this. According to a 2005 memoir of the, by the third of Garland's five husbands. What? I don't know. Well, that's what you're. Like- I don't know about the third. Jesus. Sydney Luff said the actress was molested by the actors playing the film. I swear to munchkins. God, the headline right. said munchkins. The headlines said munchkins. They thought they could get away with anything because. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Just hold on. Just, I'm so sorry. Just give me a second. They thought they they. they <laughs> I'm sorry. They thought they could get away with anything because they were so small. Well, apparently they were right. And they were right. <laughs> what they lack in body size, they gain in Hiding intelligence. Spots. You know how upsetting it is, though? Like, she's the lead. She goes to the director, like, can you stop these little people from molesting me? And they're like, look, in terms of power dynamics, you are way below What do they do to her? Molesting? Just give me one second. Give me a second. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, Judy Garland was 16 when she starred in the 1939 movie The Wizard of Oz. She claimed she was molested by the actors who played the munchkins. And one horse from Emerald City, I heard. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> from the actress's late husband, Sid Luft, he re-released, in a re-released book, anyone that's re-releasing their book, I don't trust this person. He's like, did you guys not get it the first time? Also, I feel like no one saw it. I'm going to re-release. <laughs> if you're re-releasing something, you're very desperate to- This is hearsay also. She, we, there's no record of her saying it? Yeah, just hold on. My Life with Judy Garland. He reportedly writes- what do you mean he reportedly writes? Did the journalist not read it? <laughs> Someone else could have wrote it. They don't know who wrote it really. He allegedly well, wrote that, the alleged, that she allegedly Judy's said. They Judy's life miserable and set by putting their hands under her dress. Yes. The men were 40 or more years old. The lollipop killed? They thought they could get away with anything because they were so small. She's a victim of male predators no matter how cute they appeared. Well, that's a little insulting <laughs> to say about them. They're predators no matter how adorable. And, well, and you can insult kid. predators. <laughs> yeah, but you can't insult little people. You can't call little people cute. Only if they're predators. <laughs> but then they're cute predators. Exactly, which is why it's Garland bad. previously claimed the munchkins were, quote, drunks who partied <laughs> all night. But maybe because you guys called them munchkins and made them carry lollipops. <laughs> you know, I'm pretty sure at the end of the credits, they literally say, and thanks to all the munchkins. Like, they like, don't even call them by their real names. I would like, by the way, let him have it. Let him have what? it. 
Um, hold Who's on. What are we on in this story? <laughs> it's a great it question. Is, I mean, look, I wouldn't go that far, but it is tough. You are dealing with two groups that are very much more. Well, they're like, we want you to run around and carry lollipops and be like silly little munchkins. Well, that's not Judy's fault. But Judy's I like know, a 16-year-old girl them. on speed. You know? But I'm just saying, if they're drunks, I get why they're drunks. Number one, they're lightweights. Yeah. That's <laughs> Number true. two, they just smell. They just smell beer. They get wasted. Hold on. This <laughs> Number gets, one, they're lightweights. Number two, they're lightweight. They're, they're This gets more degrading. Garland herself claimed oh, no. the munchkins were drunks who parted all night, and the police rounded them up in butterfly nets. <laughs> <laughs> that can't be real. This feels like a fair fight. It feels like a fair fight. You know how you see in the old movies the the crazy the insane <laughs> the They have the butterfly nets. That's the only people that could work with the butterfly nets. Okay. Uh, the the one of the munchkins. His last name is Marin. Uh, what do you mean rounding them up? Like they're just running off like, stop, stop. Yeah, they just throw nets on you have them. To, you put them back together. <laughs> they had a tree trunk to go back yeah. to. Yeah. <laughs> I think so they hired like hedgehogs. One of them. the munchkins responded that, to the allegations after being offended saying that Toto was paid more than the munchkins. <laughs> <laughs> and there's no way they could get drunk on a meager, <laughs> on a meager salary of $50 a week. Dude, honestly, that's hilarious. Their response is Toto got paid more, which is oh, basically no. saying oh, we no. did it, but oh, come on. no. We were little, but we weren't little enough yeah. to fit in the basket. <laughs> well, I mean, Toto got rights. paid more? Mark Pav- Pavinelli, president of the Little People of America, oh, wow. commented, quote, I contacted a close friend of Jerry Marin, the one that said that. Don't name a little person Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, due to Jerry's health, he hasn't been in a condition to give an interview. Okay, so he's not chiming in. He's refuted these accusations of molesting Judy Garland, and I'm sure he'd do the same now if he were able to, as in able to get in a chair and email back. I thought he couldn't give a response. How did he say that? He couldn't reach the computer. He said, I can't give a response, but here's what he said. In response to the actors, and Judy Judy Garland called them, quote, little drunks. Not, not funny. It's not, not funny. These allegations were more serious. The sexual molestation of a minor in the workplace. So I guess between a 15-year-old and a munchkin, who's the minor? That's the big fight here. <laughs> well, definitely the, the 15-year-old. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so woke. Uh, for what it's worth, Marin seemed to respect Garland. Previously saying she was, quote, wonderful to work with. We expected her to be a snobby movie star. She was more excited meeting us than we were meeting her. I never met any little people. He said, I was the only small person in my family. Making the film was the greatest fun I ever had in my life because I got to be exposed to other little people and see they could be successful. Great. When? Uh, also, we weren't trying to grab her pussy. We we're trying to slap her. And that's as far as we could get. We were tr- <laughs> we were just trying to get up to see the view. <laughs> What's so sad is, is uh, like, it's all these different marginalized groups together, all screwing each other. And then the sad thing is, not only did Toto get paid more, but they knew that, which means on set, the director was like, hey, Toto, <laughs> you're getting paid way more than these fucking little people. Like, he, they let them know. So Judy Garland also was, hara- like, she also was, I think, couldn't stop giggling in a take. I think this is known, and the director smacked her in the face in order to, Jesus. like, get her to be whatever, more And then serious. she slapped a cowardly line. It's a cycle of violence. If she, wanted horrible. To, if she wanted to slap one of the munchkins, she'd throw out her back. So she had to... <laughs> Um, I we are officially rooting Wizard of Oz. Dude, this is funny though. This oh is, my God. Here's the thing. This is... I'm going to get so much trouble. This thing really puts woke people in a tough position because they can't be like, those little people were monsters. Yes, they can. <laughs> they were little drunks. They got smashed every night. They picked them up in butterfly nets. I just don't... I don't know. I'm on the munchkin side. 
Is that bad? Am I a bad person? Well, they would probably not be on your side because you called them munchkins. <laughs> That's... <laughs> You know what I mean. Monsters. Don't make me. <laughs> this is so, I feel so bad for them. The politically correct people are calling them monsters. The I don't, but, but you know, I mean, I'm defending them. Don't come at me for saying the wrong word. Quill <laughs> is defending you. Do you remember? Okay. I'm not going to, I'm now I'm going on a tangent. And if you know anything about me, you know that I could spend another five hours just talking about this and we have to move on. But this is why I can't enjoy movies <laughs> because I get too deep in wormholes about the allegations behind the scenes. But did you know that Marley Ringwald looked in at an early script of Pretty Woman? Turned it down, Molly Ringwald. Mm -hmm. Turned it down. Paul Giamatti turned down playing Michael Scott in The Office. Oh, really? Can't see it. Can't imagine it. I can imagine it. <laughs> me too. Me too. Can't, you know what? Can't imagine. You no, know what? Never mind. I lied. I'm a liar. You're right. I'm I exaggerating. Act like they're all like these crazy things that I'm like. No, what am I doing? Those okay. actors seem pretty similar. He I can, can do see it. that. Yeah, he, he could, could do, totally it. do it. No, he could totally do it. Angelina Jolie yeah. turned down portraying Dr. Ryan Stone in Gravity. If you said Giamatti turned down like Iron Man or like uh, Superman, I feel like I can't see that. Jack Nicholson declined starring as Michael Corleone, Corleone, Corleone in The Godfather. Yeah. That feels like something a straight guy would be upset about. Upset? Or just like, whoa. I mean, that's uh, that's a little more. Uh, that's Why is The Godfather such a big deal to men? I think it's a big deal to some women, too. Not all women, but... Uh, Sofia Coppola? Yeah. I mean, I think... Uh, but look, what it's is It's about it? a man who is both God and father of all things. But but what is it? Like, why? Like because I think that in order to be in a relationship, you have to understand wh why another movie is important to someone... And and respect it and not shit on it. I mean, that's you're, true about you're watching. Let's just cut to the chase here. Well, if you want to date a straight man and you're a straight woman, you have to like Fight Club or at least understand why guys like it. If you are a man that wants to date a woman in the light, you have to understand The Princess Bride. You have to understand Dirty Dancing. I you love have to Princess like Bride. I love Princess Bride. Bride. You don't have to like it, but you have to understand why it's important to us. Easy. But Man, this is, father, these women, are, princess, bride. These are, these are, you're making it a gender thing, which is not a gender. A lot of people, I love Princess Bride. A lot of men love Princess Bride. And I hate Fight Club. So it's not like See, this guy, is progressive. This is, And this I feel is, like you're bunching Fight Club in with like Godfather. It's, I mean, I know a lot of guys, but Godfather's like an amazing, a film classic. That's not like, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. That's like saying like, you know. I just, I wonder, it, like movies are, so, I, I just wonder if sometimes we use movies to like feel like um, I think sometimes we use movies not as a drug not as a it's just a god to have an identity yeah a hundred percent that's Absolutely. what it is it's the I, only thing we use them for I, mean, I'm trying I think to I think so, there's just douchey people who like everything mm -hmm. like, but if a movie's popular there's gonna be idiots who like it just like there's you know but I do think that a lot of times like our favorite movie we there's so much on it and then it's like if I just like The Godfather, I'm smart. If I just like these movies, I'm interesting. If I just like this movie, I'm feminine. If I just like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. we, movies carry so much weight in terms of like, if someone on their dating profile says my favorite movie is this, I've already made, I already know everything I need to know about you, which isn't true. But so you what do you know about me? But from I think it is a loving, I love Sideways, Big Lebowski, No Country for Old Men, Roma. What do you know about me from that? You're an alcoholic who sucks at bowling, who wants to go to Italy. <laughs> And you really like everyone art. sucks at bowling. <laughs> no, what I hear from that, no, I when I hear from that is like 
if you say that, I'm going, oh, this is a really well-rounded person who's like super nuanced and isn't afraid of feeling feelings and isn't afraid of um, the complications of like aging, but also wants to laugh. And it, like that was such an interesting um, diversity of movies that yeah. you just picked. If you were like, I love Fast and Furious, John right. Wick and The Godfather. I'm like, you cheat. Well, you're wrong. I only say those to get laid. All the <laughs> joke. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's not like a gender. I mean, yeah, I haven't seen Footloose. I, I I guess I don't always love rom-coms. Yeah. That, but, you know, that's not to say I don't love movies starring women. I You know, I love Roma. I love but Florida Project, but which is most wow. women are in movies. But I also think, though, yeah, that are. men... Unfortunately, they but are. But this is important because I, I think that the main thing that, that, you know, is worth digging into here is that I think for the most part, men... You know what? Not for men. Women, too. I wasn't encouraged to have any feelings. I wasn't encouraged to, you know, cry when I was sad. I was like, you know, I think that that a lot of times movies are so important for men because I feel like it's almost the first time you're allowed to see men expressing emotion or feel emotion without yeah. it being a weakness and without there are only big, certain times they're allowed to cry yeah. where big brother or your big brother won't beat the shit out of you because you're crying because you hurt your knee but then I can cry during Field of Dreams or Rudy yeah. it's catharsis you know it's whatever but you know I just get, I just get a little bit bumped when a conversation is just about movies and I'm like I don't want to be judged by my intelligence my emotional intelligence my academic intelligence by what movies I do and don't like and it gets it's almost like what annoys me about people that are like team people like I'm cowboys versus the dolphins versus like like I don't like being reduced to my favorite movie I don't like being reduced to my team I don't like being reduced to where I'm from I don't like I just right for some reason mo people use it as a way to just go oh you're this person you love clueless you're this person uh yeah i mean well right. i feel like you gotta do that <laughs> i don't you say you can tell people by the I movies i think it's my brand i think people also want that sometimes i think the yeah. movies are a way for people to be like yeah i don't know how to express this thing that i am or like or want yeah, yeah. and so this is the easiest way to do it and yes so that's true that that and i think that for me i'm scared by how much a movie a movie that you like says about you or what your opinion about a movie says about you. And I think as someone that is like, I'm so afraid to express my opinion most of the time, as you can tell, I'm very shy, but it just feels like, like I have such hot takes on things. I feel like I've like had friendships blow up and relationships blow up because we can't, it's like, I can like a well, movie that's not healthy. and you don't, why can't we like different movies and it not be a deal breaker? That's been a deal breaker. Me, me challenging No Country for Old Men has really is why I don't have kids. Well, we're still because <laughs> it, it goes beyond the movie. It's like now you're saying it's like you don't understand me. me. Yeah, there might be some other I'm issues in the this movie is connected to something important about me, and now yeah. you're saying it's dumb. Therefore, you think I. Yeah, but you didn't make it. You just went and watched it. Why but, are we in a that's fight? That's everything. That's like I, you didn't make the clothes you but, wear, but you pick them out for a but, reason. You, yes. you didn't make the music you listen to, but you yes. listen to it for a I, reason. I think people get mad at movie arguments because they're insecure and they don't know how to defend their own opinion, and then they get angry and they can't defend it, and then they get mad. I I'm don't not defend it. Wait, 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 wait. Insecure, so you can shit on No Country. This is powerful. This is powerful because I think a. A lot of people have trouble articulating their emotions, myself included, and showing emotions, but sometimes a movie will do it for them. That's what artists do well. They yeah. are able to like use symbolism and allegory to construe something that's really hard to articulate. And then you're making your I'm I'm learning a lot right now because I'm learning that if someone's like, this is my favorite movie, instead of going like, I don't get that movie, it's like, oh, you're trying to show me more about yourself. Yes. And I just need to understand that movie to understand, because that movie is is construing something that you maybe can't convey on your own. Or not even understand the movie, just understand and then, what, what is it about the movie that they relate and to. Then it yes. puts, and then it puts them in another bind, which is now they have to defend this movie that 
Now they have to articulate why they like this movie that helped them articulate their feelings to begin with. So you put them in a double bind of a double, I'm not being able to articulate yeah. myself. And that's then if my, I say I don't that's like the art exists, it's because if everyone can make the thing that they could say or do, and we not, need artists. Not we articulating. Need it. Yeah, is, if we can all just articulate and be the thing we wanted to be, and there'll be no need and for anger, to make any art. Anger comes from not being able to articulate. If you can have words that articulate, the anger isn't going and to And now come. I'm learning which I used to be able to, I used to go like, we should be able to disagree on movie. You like this movie. I like this movie. I should reserve the right to not like this. And, you know, as, as you know, like I should be able to say my opinion without feeling like, you know, I'm going to be judged or like, you're not going to respect my opinion or like I have big, you know, big ideas and big thoughts and I, we should be able to have different opinions. But what I'm now realizing is that when people say this is a movie that means, when I say I don't like that movie, I'm saying I don't like you. They're, they yeah, are, or yeah, I don't, they feel I don't you know, like I'm, you, I'm now realizing why it's not, because for me, movies are so, um, for the most part, objective and um, not meaningless, but I don't use them as a way to say this is this is me filling in a blank I can't fill in myself. This is me sharing myself with you. I can't necessarily say I love you and I'm vulnerable or whatever, but this is my favorite movie. Together, we're communicating to you. I'm just realizing in this moment that I've said like, oh, I don't like that movie or I don't get that movie or I feel but like that movie's that overrated. Kind of it's you all- do that with, with, with flowers, with your horse. You use other things to articulate how you feel. They're mm-hmm. just not movies all the time. Sometimes you might be like, these coasters, and we're like, they're coasters. But to you, they mean something really important. But it, and beyond yes. like, and not beyond like using them, like the actual design or whatever. Well, it means like, the, do you, are you, res- yeah. do, are you listening or not? Yeah. But, That's but also, what coasters mean. Also, but you're also right on the, on, on the flip side of like, you can be reduced down to something. You can be like, I love these seven rom-coms and someone's like, oh, so you're just a dumb like, which isn't necessarily the truth. But I think in terms of, but I think what I'm learning is that movies don't have to be a sport. Instead of like, well, I like this movie and you like this movie and let's fight about why. It's like, oh, you love that movie. You're trying to let me in. Yes. More on who you are. And instead of, it's not up for debate whether I like it or not. You're trying to offer me some form of vulnerability. It's like all art. It's a conversation. You just open yourself up to well, me. And yes. it's not about whether it's technically good or not. It's like you're sharing something with me. It can be that. I think I think another thing that can create anger in that situation is when certain people like a certain movie, they usually sympathize with the character in it. So when someone says they don't like that movie, mm-hmm. it's almost like they're saying, I don't sympathize with you. Mm-hmm. Like I see myself as Paul Giamatti in Sideways so much. So Could when have been some, in the office. So when someone says, uh, I don't like Sideways, I just didn't like those characters. You don't it's like, like you're saying you don't like me. Yeah. Or you don't have compassion for the kind of situations I deal with. So that, that gets dicey yeah. too. Or you've never seen life through my lens or how I... Right. That's so interesting because I feel like and now... You don't, and you don't care enough to go learn or watch it. You're also saying you don't need to see life that Or way. I had my experience with that movie and I didn't feel that much. And I'm dismissing your experience. But I'm dismissing that there could have right. been something in there that meant something to you. Even if it didn't resonate with me, there's something I... like. I'm now learning how personal movies are to people because I guess to me, it's like I just go for the technical. Did they stick the landing? Did this work? Did this casting work? I, like, I, I watch movies and TV going, they wanted this person, they didn't get this person. Ah, uh, they lost the life. And it I, keeps on ruining the illusion of the movie. That's why you're yes. so into like, yes. oh, there could have been this other actor. Yes. It just reminds you that it's not real. Which brings me to my question, what are the movies that hurt Raped you? Raped me. Well, yeah, which ones are they? I mean, I it's guess... It's not your fault. I, it's not your fault. It's interesting. But you, better not Blockbuster. Say, you better not say Goodwill Hunting. I put him in. <laughs> you better not fucking say Goodwill Hunting. Goodwill Raping was my favorite. I <laughs> what are the movies, yeah, that, that made you a cynic? I think for me, as soon... I grew up without um, uh, a lot of like, you know, I, did, I, I watched TV a lot. I watched movies, I watched TV, and I escaped into, which I think a lot of people did. This is yeah, not a unique yeah, experience. Yeah. And then I grew up and I kept... Like, I remember singing a musician named Amy Grant 
um, baby, baby. Like, you know, and I pictured a man singing me that. And I was Uh like, oh, when you go on a date, that's what guys sing to you. Like these lyrics, like, Uh like when I go to an airport, a guy's going to show up with flowers. Like I didn't understand whatever reason that my psyche needed to check out and believe that fantasies had to be real, whatever my psyche needed in order to delude itself to stay hopeful or positive. It was all like crocodile Dundee. I mean, it was, I mean, as a teenager, as even in my twenties, this is embarrassing to say, but anytime I went to like a subway station, I was like, waiting for the guy I was dating to like show up. That's not embarrassing. That's people right now, any age you are, you are living, whether you know it or not, you're living some part of a movie. I all the time think in my head, I'm like, I don't think I would have done anything in my life if I wasn't always being like, well, I wanna, I wanna live this way. I wanna live like that. I wanna do that. I'm constantly like uh, mirroring my life to some, some like even little things, like the soap that I buy. I'm like, this reminds me of the soap that was sitting in the seal in the movie. Like, I think most people do that. I think most people are living with some kind of reflection of, songs or movies or TV shows. And I think that there's also a resilience that I maybe wouldn't have had otherwise where it's like, oh, in the third act, they always overcome. Like, there are like problems are always mm-hmm. solved. In movies, it's always sorted out. At least the movies, you know, it's like the 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 guy always gets the girl yeah. or, you know, we're cracking out need. They always catch the flight and they get, you know. So I think to me, a part of my resilience was like, no matter how badly it's going, the hero's going to win in the end. Like, because yeah. that's just how it goes. Like, so I think for me, I never you know, um, you know, uh, acquiesced to my circumstances or got hopeless because I was like, oh my God, this is exactly what would happen at the end of Act 2 and right. then the hero would rise. So I, I always was like, oh, I'm just at the end of Act 2. There's still an Act 3. And that's one of those things where like, life imitates art, art imitates life because in life, that's what happens. You're never going to be at your lowest point forever. Right, so right. So really, movies are just imitating life in that way. That's right, right, exactly. That's but- why it feels believable. That's why when you watch a movie, you're like, oh my God, that feels, I see they went through a struggle and that feels like this, even though you may not have been, you know, a drug addict dying in the street singing, but, yeah. you know, it feels like something very similar to you just maybe not being able to buy your Subway sandwich, you know? And to me, like movies, I think I relied on them so, like almost like a drug as a as a kid and as a an escape that by the time I became an adult, I was like, I think I had a little bit of a bittersweet taste in my mouth because I was just like, all you do is I can make me things things going are going better than they are, and all you do is give me this like delusional sense of h- how life is yeah. and. I can't fuck with you anymore. Like I need to, and then I got super into documentaries. I want the to opposite. get back at movies. <laughs> it was that was my rebound. Yeah, my rever I, I watched a bunch of movies that are uh, that, and I started trying to make a documentary. I was making a documentary about female break dancers in uh, Brooklyn when I was in college. And uh, it was going really. How do I take all the magic of movies and ruin, ruin it? it? And like literally ruin it. And then my camera got stolen. And if you have it, <laughs> I'm not mad at you. And you even know, that, anyone, even that disappointed. If anyone <laughs> makes a shitty documentary about female break dancers in the early aughts, Godspeed. I can't wait to see it. Um, but uh, then I got really into documentaries about like what's real life like and what's what's struggle like. And I don't want to look away. And I don't want to keep pretending that Prince Charming is going to save the day. I don't want to pretend like pretend like everything's just going to magically. But it's work. like it's like overcorrecting. You're going too extremely the other way. Yes. And then now with movies, I I know myself and I know my ability to get swept away into romantic uh, delusion. And and I I just have to sort of like watch myself. I have to go like okay, that was a movie and that was. That was an extra, and that was a stunt double, and that was a da-da-da, because I know myself, and I know that I will get swept up in this, and then I will get my heart shattered when real life happens. That's how susceptible. Exactly with me and women. It's the same thing. The thing we act like, the thing we don't 
have a lot of feelings for is the things we have the most feelings for that the we try only to prevent. The difference is that your relationships don't last the length of a movie. They much shorter, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> much shorter, yeah. But also sometimes it's easiest. Right. It's easiest to face real life problems through a lens of fantasy. Yeah. Sometimes you can get a, be- a clearer answer for real life looking through something. And, that's and not also the subway thing is a great it's point good. about how like something small in your life you can connect to something bigger in a movie. If you want to know why people love The Godfather, it's because there are a lot of big tragic things that happen that mm. allow people to relate. When he kills his brother Fredo mm. in the second one mm. a lot of people connect spoiler that spoiler alert should have statue of limitations wow alert. and people connect to that like a sibling they haven't talked to in a while yeah or you know they through that, that it, the godfather Shakespearean thing where it's like through these big acts you see a universal thing that you can connect to smaller things in your own life you totally know? totally and there's yeah. some kind of catharsis or feeling or escape but I think for me the any escape you know movies was maybe my, and TV was like my first drug yeah. You know, before food, before, you know, any of the relationships, people, actual drug, or any, and I think that I know myself and I know I can leave a movie so high on yes. I'm that person or that's possible or the wedding and the thing and the dress and the like, and then he'll cheat and, but he'll meet you at the airport and everything will be fine. Like I want life to be that fun and easy and sexy and romantic and facile that Watching movies, like, it, it does undo a lot of progress in terms of that's not how life works. That's not life on life's terms. Like, But that's, it, not, that's only a certain type. Of, like, the movies I love. My 20s, every time I got off a plane, I was like... <laughs> I love that. That's Waiting way, for a guy... That sounds so much better, though, than get off a plane and being like, gonna get my fucking luggage now. Yeah, but that's... But then you don't get disappointed because you just go to your luggage. That's it. Instead but of your baggage. <laughs> hopeful. But, but now you can be like, even if a guy really did like me because of 9-11, it's not going to happen anyway. So it's I like, guess it also <laughs> depends on what you, what you're, like, I guess if you're, if you only are like um, internalizing the love scenes, yeah, that yeah, is yeah. really disappointing. Yeah. But think, you know, if you internalize like, I don't know, Edward Scissorhands or something, then you go through life being like, I'm never a weirdo. Interesting. Or, you know, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or I if think you internalize yeah. Meryl Streep never wears Prada, you're like, I'm going to be the fucking boss of everyone like, I go in. Or like, for me, like Sideways is a movie about not getting things you want. Like, you know, at the end, he accepts that like, he probably won't ever be famous, but this woman really likes his novel and he sees the value of connecting with one person. He gives up on the the giant dream of mattering in the universe. Yeah. He, and he realized the importance of connecting with one person. So that's acceptance. But the actor sometimes, got to accept an Oscar. But sometimes... I don't think... That, I, but that, I, that, I refuse this That's narrative. a good lesson in a movie. Sometimes one person is a prize. Yeah. But then, yeah, then then maybe just like the 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 award shows ruin it. Because like, oh, you were pretending that whole time. Like that was never really your reality. Which is why I think document a healthy balance of documentaries... And fiction movies, I think, are the key because I can't do too much fiction, or else I, I because you're susceptible. I think it depends on what kind of life you live too, though. I think if your life is really gnarly and hard and day to like every every yeah, that's true. That then that is enough balance that you can you can dive into a movie or a book or whatever your 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 thing is. My life has been pretty cushy, so I love really dark movies. I think for me, that's maybe a little escapist. Interesting, 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 or a little bit like you're going through a haunted house. Yeah, and I never got to do all the things I wanted to do, so I like everything to be camp. I like every movie to just be just this much out of reality. Yeah, right, right. I just I'm. An aberration, maybe, because I will leave, uh, like, um, Spider-Man being like, okay, I need dental floss, and I'll be like to my boyfriend, just crawl up the side of the building. Like, that's how yeah. I take, my brain runs I my it. hair black and white when Gorilla came out. Do you remember? I do. I, that's, the, that's the world I'm living in here. Yep. 
I yeah. go home and put on robes with first leaves and I'm like, I'm here. But I'm too, I, I just, yeah, I know. I would have got a hundred, I would have rescued a hundred dummies. I watched, and I would have made them into a I watched Corella 27 times. The one with well, Emma Stone mm-hmm. recently? I know it's not fair because we're all relating, but that's a little insane. It is insane. <laughs> not only that, but I also invited everyone to go watch it with me, all my friends, and then watched it three times before I went to go with them. Wait, wait. Are you watching <laughs> the ball in movie theaters? Or no? Yeah. Uh-oh. Wait, this is recent. This is the one with Emma Stone. Yeah, I mean, I watched the other ones a lot, too. Just because I just know, I, I knew I would like it. I knew I liked that character. I knew I liked that personality well, type. Well, boy, were you right. I, you watched it 27 yeah. times. And I knew, and I said, I'm not going to deprive myself of this or be embarrassed of it. People are like, I don't want to see that. And I was like, then don't come. But I love that. I'm but I, but you times. see, but but that that is like the healthy. I think, even though it sounds uh, like addiction. About that. <laughs> oh, I watch it all the That's time. That's so many. But times. that to me is like. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Well, we'll pro- we'll unpack that later. I know. I like it. <laughs> why would I want to do? So- why, Let's unpack why that I later. Why would I want to go through life being like, well, will I like this? Yeah, I yeah. know I like that. Here's what I'll say: If you like one thing and you watch it fucking fifty times, that is someone that knows themselves. I respect that. Instead of going, I love Cruella, but now I'm going to go watch this movie about a couple whose baby die just to punish myself and to like feel cool at parties and to be able to like have fun. That Mr. Oh, rabbit That's hole. the thing because I don't like obligatory uh, obligatory mo- obligatory movies that if you haven't seen it you're dumb or not. People treat movies now as if oh, it's yeah. the odyssey. As if like, it's your degree. If, oh, you haven't seen so and so? That's not a book that you read. You're not, you didn't go to a, like a, like you don't have a PhD because you saw a movie. That being said. You're not better than in me. In this ADD culture, watching a movie from start to finish, it is like the new reading a book. It, it is pretty impressive. People come at me like, oh, you haven't seen so-and-so. It's like, and if you haven't seen a, a movie that's bad and everyone's using it as a camera, oh, you haven't seen Cats? Like, no, I'm sorry. I haven't hate yeah. fucked a movie and like watched a movie that everyone doesn't like and like make fun of everyone who also, thought they were doing a good job and like mocked. Nothing's better than someone being like, oh, you haven't seen Cats? It's horrible. And you being like, I know and I still like it. When I don't like movies, I think it's not like that. It's not shitting on Cats. When I don't like movies, and this goes back to the personal thing, I think it's when I see, just like the same way if you shit on someone mm-hmm. for liking something, it makes it feel like you don't like them. When mm. I see people connecting to Goodwill Hunting or something that I find really manipulative and stupid, it makes me feel alienated, I think, on some level. Because I'm like, how do, you, how do you like such bullshit? And I don't. So it goes both ways. Where you, oh, yeah, totally. I get mad where the movie is so loved. But wh- when feelings I, I think are fraudulent. But here's what I will say. I will say, if you're on a date with someone and you're like, oh, Goodwill Hunting is manipulative and fraudulent, if you like Goodwill Hunting, this is in the bag. If you like Goodwill Hunting, <laughs> I'm just saying. If you like Goodwill Hunting, I'll be able to win you over very easily. That's true. Well, you I know don't, what I mean? Yeah, I mean that's I, the other thing. When is, I date, it's all lies. I don't tell like my actual opinions. I'm a, <laughs> but I'm just saying, when someone likes a movie that I don't like, instead of going, "Oh, you don't live in this like constant malaise of over criticizing everything that's like perfectly fine," and like the filmmaker wasn't trying to appease you, also like this person can enjoy the simple things in life. Why don't I just value that? You like Goodwill Hunting? I should be around you. You just, a movie exactly. plays, you like it, and then you move on. You don't spend your entire life going, why does everyone like that? Like, there's oh. something kind of uh, admirable about someone that can just enjoy that. Also, you can hate You know stuff. what I mean? That's totally fine. Yeah. Hating stuff is fun. I mean, you gotta it's have great. a balance. You just have to know. Yes, that's yeah, right. You have to you know when and where to hate. Like, monster truck rallies? I don't understand that shit. What, yeah. what, what are we doing out there? Yeah, yeah. But I don't need to go to one and be like, You're, you idiots! Up in here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If but it's also it's like I think to me you're making me learn like if we don't like the same thing, That's it good. doesn't mean I'm right. I'm not right. 
you right, like, of do course. you know what I'm saying? If you are able to enjoy a movie that's sole purpose was to be enjoyed, you knew the assignment. I don't need you to like her thing I like. In fact, don't. But I like what I but like. It's a, I don't need you to like a movie that's running around. Here's what I'll say. It's more a balance, though. Yeah, that's correct. But more than anything else, movies, music, podcasts, comedy, books. If you, books, what is a book? If you, if your favorite movie is Edward Scissorhands, and I'm like, oh, the relationship will never work. We put so much on. We have to like the same movies. If if your favorite movie is this, because I will say with God, there's a lot of red flag stuff with me and guys. If a guy's favorite movie is Fight Club and American Psycho, I'm like, oh. More than needing to agree on it, I think what I need from other people is I just need you to understand why I like it. And that's all I really need. That's it. I don't need anything else. I don't need you to ever watch that's it. I just it. need you to understand why it's meaningful to me. And we can move on. Right. I mean, but it's also depending on who you are. Like, I don't argue. Like, if I'm talking to people, like, on a date, I don't argue about movies. If they say they love Goodwill Hunting, I'm not like, Goodwill Hunting sucks. You're an idiot. I just say, yeah, it's pretty good. I don't, like, argue. Oh, so you just lie. Yeah, I lie. Yeah, I, I only talk about movies on my podcast or if we're talking. Or I hate manipulating yeah. movies. I just manipulate I my dates. Yeah, and to be exactly. fair, nobody else probably thinks about this about anything else. But I think this is a room of people who are... Uh, Everything matters to me, down to like, I mean, yeah, the the the, the this phone case. I'm a maximist. Everything in my life, there's like, and I need all, and this matters, and you have to understand yeah. why. Yeah, and I think most people are just like, I just like we just watched the movie. It's and just moved a movie. On. Yeah, it's yeah, a big why, deal. Yeah, but I do think it's it's a testament to how hard it is sometimes to communicate and show yourself to people that sometimes in the beginning of a relationship, you show yourself by saying what your favorite movie of is. Of course, yeah. and and. I'm just, I still don't know the answer and I know we have to get out of here, but I still don't know if someone says my favorite movie is this, if I'm supposed to internalize that as a part of their personality, if I'm so, am I supposed to take it seriously or not? Ask why. why? I still don't know the answer. Okay, you have to ask why. So if someone says, hey, my favorite movie, because my favorite, I believe the best crafted movie, it's a very hot take, is Irreversible by Gaspar Noe. This is a movie that was told in reverse uh, in three takes with Monica Bellucci and Vin, I'm sorry, Vincent Castle. Vincent Castle. I almost said Caviezel. But you don't even have to explain why it's your favorite movie now. You've already told us. We already I know, know but I'm just saying. You watch a rape for five minutes. <laughs> if I'm just meeting a new person and I say that, they're going to be like, this bitch is dark and cryptic and trying to shock me and try to scare me. But and maybe keywords I got were crafted, three takes, and in reverse. So now I know that you don't really care about the movie. You care about how it's made. It's the movie that that's haunts me that I still think about 20 years after watching I it. just love how you're like, Fight Club, that's a red flag. And then your favorite movie is... Monica, Lew Monica Lewinsky. <laughs> Monica Bellucci <laughs> getting ass raped in one take. For what? Because to me, it's the most, in terms of pound for pound, sorry to say that about a rape movie, pound for pound, in terms of like, like bravery yeah. and skill... That movie is like, wasn't done in post. Music didn't fix it. The voiceover didn't fix it. It was like, oh, you guys shot it. You got it. Like yeah. editing, I wasn't manipulated. I wasn't lied to. You made me, it changed the way I think. It changed, that movie changed the way I think. Not that that is what every movie. I think that was very clear. So now I know going into any conversation or that you are looking for different things that I'm looking for and stuff. You're looking for technical things. You're looking for much I left that stuff. movie going, I feel like I owe you more money. I gave you eight dollars. Knowing to see you, this. you probably paid them more. I, I was like, take more. Like that was so brave and such a feat that I am like Michael Bay movies. People like Michael Bay movies. Dude, you try to make a movie like what he. They have everything people want. Like it or don't like it. 
it took so much. I, I'm just like, this took a lot of time to make. They have actually That impresses me. I get upset problem. when things are mind-numbing. I, I, I get upset when things don't. Have you ever edited a movie for 12 months? That's mind-numbing. I'm like, if well, you think your brain is numb, imagine Michael Bay's. So, but you can't play. Like, that's like, I hate that house. Have you tried to build a house? You can't I play know. that. Right that's now. what my brain, you, that's you what I do. You, you got you, you to be able to talk shit about things whether you do, are able to do the thing or not. Interesting. Okay. You can't play that role. I then, need to get there. Because then you couldn't say anything about anything. I hate those curtains. Have you tried to knit a curtain? Like I have, which is why my curtains are so <laughs> shitty. I have a very well, low, I'm very those permissive. Those are woven. Okay, I'm like, yeah, that's why <laughs> I let them be wrinkled. Well, fine. But it is, <laughs> yeah. I, but I love talking about movies because to me, when you're talking about movies, you're talking about yourself in the deepest things you could never reveal. Yeah. You just don't know you're revealing But it. your real question is, why do you judge people on their movies? Not what your movie do you like? You, what you asked is, how I come when defensive. I hear a movie, I'm like, I hate your movie. <laughs> I get defensive because I think when some because I think that when someone shows themselves to you or says like, oh, my favorite movie is Godfather. I'm always looking for an excuse to leave, uh, accuse, say this isn't going to work. So when someone says my favorite movie is so and so, I'm going to go, oh, well, I knew this wasn't going to work. That's their favorite movie. They're oh, psycho. I They're get crazy. That a little bit too. It, you think, know what I'm saying? Because I feel like when, if I say like my favorite, which I used to be really embarrassed by any kind of my favorite thing and someone doesn't like it, I immediately think, oh, so you don't like me. You don't get me. You don't understand me. And you don't understand how, how, how I move through life. And you don't want to. And then I get defensive. And I'm like, so you don't, we don't, you don't fucking like each other. But that's not what the game they thought they were playing. No, I thought we were all. just talking about movies. Exactly. And then it's like, oh, we're talking about you. I didn't know that's what we're doing. So that's what No Country for Old Men. I didn't realize that's what was happening. I think we all do know, though, really. I didn't. I think everybody. Watch me realize this on the I podcast. I think everybody knows that they love a movie or a song or something for a certain reason. And they know everyone has a connection. So I think it's almost like the Zodiac where you feel this certain way. This is the way that I can feel something shitty without somebody really knowing. You're talking to Nell. I didn't know that until right now. The Jodie Foster movie? Yes. Deep cut. Deep cut. <laughs> and I didn't know that because when 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 I'm having a conversation with someone about art, I think we're just talking about the art. I don't go, oh, we're talking about your child. Oh, you're using Art's the never art. It's all I know, personal. but I'm not. I'm like I don't do that, and I get in these meaningless fights. Talk about choose your battles, which is the definition I think of success in relationships is whether yeah. you're going to choose your battles or not. That's it. I truly think it's not about compatibility. It's not about. It's about choose whether when to fight. the person. Yes, and you like the person enough. To go, you know what? I'm gonna let them have this one. Yeah, I mean, it seems like you might have some issues with these people outside of like, if they say think. they like the Godfather, you get nah, really mad. I don't think. No, nah, I don't. Think. <laughs> yeah, it seems. Weird. You seem like you lost a relationship because they, they loved No Country for Old Men. There might have been other issues there. It's it's didn't lose. It's when I it's when I slept with someone else that we lost it. Yeah, but the uh, but it they was liked a better movie. They so. made me do it. Yeah. So as oh sorry, as uh, the <laughs> Joe and Renan talk movies uh, co-host. Um, and as someone that I really respect on your opinion on movies, I'm going to bring up a movie that I know is going to, I know this is going to either ruin our friendship okay. or just set me off. Okay. The movie that has caused me the most angst. In Am the I supposed to say if I like it or not? Well, I just want to talk about it. Okay. Real quick. Because there's a couple one. movies that I wrote down that I was like, let's discuss these movies. The big ones were Fight Club, No Country for Old Men, and... This next movie I'm going to bring up, I I do know that the director wanted couples to fight over this movie. Okay, I'm obsessed with this director. His name is uh, David Fincher. It should be a dating show. That's One oh. of the greatest. And he said, my goal for the movie was for couples to fight in the car after the movie, which now that I know, once I found out that was his goal, Godspeed, you, you succeeded. Gone Girl. Now, 
I would like to know your thoughts as a film aficionado uh, slash comedian, two most observant brain types. Hold on. Okay. I did watch it <laughs> with John Lovett. Uh, not Lovett's. The podcast. Love it. Yes. Um, and I had never taken an edible before. This was when it came out five years ago. I took an edible like cookie. I don't know if it was the cookie that made me so, the sugar. I didn't have a cookie in so long or whether it was the weed, whatever. But I was asked to leave the theater oh, um, because I was so flabbergasted by the, it, I was, which I, if I was sober, I probably wouldn't have acted that oh, much you differently. you told me this. Yeah. Are the, that is the key to a friendship with Winnie Cummings. Oh, no, no, no. We've had this conversation. No, 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 but I'm, I'm just Did you have to leave before or after they showed his penis? I was so stunned by the casting. Like, and this is David Fincher 101. I'm still so stressed out oh, by it. Oh, the Tyler Perry thing, right, right. I got in trouble because Tyler Perry came on as the lawyer and I was like, do you guys see Tyler Perry as the lawyer? Because that's what I see. And I'm just a little pan. Because I was like, why would David Fincher, he could fast cast anyone. Why would he cast Tyler Perry to play the lawyer of Ben Affleck? And okay. well, to be I fair, Tyler Perry played a lawyer in every Medea movie. I love how you say, <laughs> I got kicked out for being flabbergasted. Not, I got kicked out for screaming like an insane person. I was, <laughs> I was victimized for having an opinion. I was trying to confirm that everyone was seeing the same thing. As someone who has cast, as someone that loves Tyler Perry, it's a weird call. Well, it's like God. an offbeat choice, but this is what you're doing. You're trying offbeat to ruin. You're, tr you're trying to ruin movies. Distracting. I like it's that. I would say what a cast mojo. You're trying to ruin movies for everyone else in the theater. Like, I'm just saying. Did you see the actor? But I'm just saying. The, every casting choice feels a little like like if you're casting Tyler Perry, you want a, people to go, oh, that's Tyler Perry as the lawyer. Whereas most directors, especially like David Fincher, like like uh, Mindhunter, I didn't know any of those actors. You cast the person that's going to disappear into the role. Tyler Perry doesn't disappear as a lawyer. That's just Tyler Perry, right? And then you turn around and it's Medea. You're like, wait a minute. I know. I was like, I was like, okay, big swing. It's a big, he could have got anyone. And here's the other thing, it's David Fincher. Could have got anyone chooses Tyler Perry. So this must be intentional. You're trying to like wink at us or make it campy or like there's something going on. You're, you're, you're meddling with my, my, um, edible patience. <laughs> I just don't, I think you've lost suspension of disbelief yeah, on any degree. I didn't think anything of it. I almost forgot he was in the movie. Yeah. Well, that's what we're supposed to do. You're supposed to forget and but buy I think into the movie. I think that's really cool that you thought of it because that's, I'm like that about some things, but not that. I don't think, I, I do not support yelling loud I'm noises in movie theaters. I'm not close to done. <laughs> <laughs> then, we continue in the movie and just when I'm like, okay, he cast Tyler Perry. I can suspend my disbelief. I'm in a movie. I'm in the ride. Great. Now what? I'm in. I'm in. I'm believing that Ben Affleck is like dating. Like I'm in. Then the the guy, the serial killer. No. But who's yes. the straight murderer. No. Okay. The stalker <laughs> yes. who's obsessed with the beautiful woman yes. who can't wait to fuck her. Yes. Is a one Neil Patrick Harris. Who is yes. Yeah, but he, he plays weird creepy role like that really good. I feel like he's kinda creepy. <laughs> is it because is it because he's gay? Could have chose anyone. Could have chose anyone. I'm just saying, after the Tyler Perry thing. 
It's a little fishy. Were you shouting out, this guy would not do that. He's a homosexual. That's You would not be attracted to her. It's not even about his sexuality off screen. It's like, the guy from How I Met Your Mother is the murderer. Like, there's a lot of people you could have put on screen that you go, oh, that's the creepy guy. I'm going. You could have got the guy from Glee. I'm just saying. He, like. Did you see him in Versace show? It's terrifying. Mm -hmm. The audacity. <laughs> I'm going to cast a sitcom star. Forget his sexuality. His sitcom star that my brain is trained to go, ha, 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 silly goose, silly guy. To now he's a rapist who's like, I'm just saying you could have gotten a one Billy Crudup. You know what I'm saying? So what I go is I go, this is when a director is really trying to, you know, it's like, I'm going to do Tyler Perry. I'm going to hire all these comedy actors to be in this drama. And your association with them is ha 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 ha, LOL. But I'm going to put them in these really like, that's how good of a director I am. Is that I'm going to juxtapose these people and you're not even... You think I'm not going to think about how I met your mother at all? Or do you want me to? Very confusing. And then I go, the casting of Rosamund Pike, the one Rosamund Pike, the great Rosamund Pike, who is so brilliant in that movie and everything after that, and I think in real life got dinged for playing a crazy woman in a movie so convincingly that people are like, oh, she's crazy. I mean, she has a reputation in Hollywood for being crazy. It's like, oh, she? Did, or was she just amazing in the movie? You dumbass, right? So right. then at 30 years old, whatever she was in the stunning, she's like, I have nothing left except this man. It's like, I'm just like, cast someone who's older and really has, or based on society's social construction, uh, really doesn't have any option. I don't buy that that woman's only option is to kill him and like terrorize him forever. And then my brain goes, after that, to your point about the message of a movie, everyone's like, told you that's how women are. And you're like, no, no. This movie was meant to like crystallize every man's worst nightmare. Yeah, I didn't actually, I mean, I love David Fincher like Zodiac. I love that movie. I didn't like Gong Girl. I, I think I read the book first and I think it's like an interesting idea, but I think the twist is goofy and it's kind of set up as a more real story. And then the twist is just like the fact that she's pretending to be someone else the whole time and she planned it all out. Just, I didn't buy it, honestly. Because to me, but the, to me, this is where movies get important. Totally, it's all. I know I'm contradicting myself a million ways. Any guy that was like, yeah, well, that's how women are. You're like, huh? Whereas other people going, well, women get driven to this. Or, or maybe everything David Fincher does is incredibly intentional to fuck with you. I, to me, it's kind of like... Um, and I've been fucked with, and I've been thinking about this ever since he made it. But I... Uh, yeah, I, I, I never like... I mean, I think the movie's interesting, but I think it's like the twist is just goofy. I like, is the movie goofy. supposed to... Are you supposed to leave going like, that was a good movie, or you're supposed to leave like... Because when I do stand-up, I want people to leave thinking about something they never thought about before. Like, I've never seen it that way before. Or like having a joke, they can then go tell to other people at the office, and then they get to be the funniest person in the office. Like, I have goals when I do stand-up that I want people to leave feeling a certain way or having a certain thing in their back pocket. Whereas, like, like when I leave a movie, I don't know how I'm supposed to feel. I think What is love? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, see, movies can make you feel different ways. I mean, I think, I personally think, and this is why some people are like, oh, you love that movie? It's so dark. For me, feeling anything in a movie 
is important. Like to me, the movies I don't like are the movies that make me feel nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something yeah. like Michael Bay makes me feel nothing. Yeah, and that's why I don't like those movies. If a movie makes me feel sad mm-hmm. or any kind of emotion, the fact that it made me feel mm-hmm. is something I think is really effective. So I don't mind if a movie makes me feel sad. I'm kind of. I think this is about art in general. I'm kind of happy to feel. Anything. Anything by art, you know? I could talk about movies forever because you're really just kind of, you're revealing so much about yourself and the more, the stronger your feelings are about a movie, the stronger you see something that either triggers you or reveals something about you and that's why I love it. Yeah, movies are great. They show a lot. And you remember Cliff Notes? Remember when it was like, you didn't have time to read the book, but if you just read the Cliff, Cliff Notes, you seem smart. That is, if you have not seen the movie, watch... Uh, Renan and Joe's podcast. Listen to it, and you can. S- it's like you've watched the movie, even if you haven't. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Listen to my uh, podcast, and uh, also subscribe. Uh, am I plugging now? Or no? Yes, can I plug please. Something? It's okay. only been four it's hours. Only been twelve hours. <laughs> yeah, this is what we do here. I can't stop talking to you. No, it's great. I love it. It was awesome. Um, yeah, f- subscribe to my podcast. Joe and Ronan talks movies. R A A N A N. I got it. You know, but uh, but also I'm shooting a special this fall. Um, and, uh, I'm going to, you know, put it on, uh, I'm in, I'm in talks with YouTube, uh, oh, nice. but I don't know. I'll yeah. put it on something. Just subscribe to my YouTube your channel. YouTube. So anything that comes along, yes. you'll have, and you've been posting a lot of clips of your standup on, um, Instagram. on Instagram. Oh yeah. Follow me on Instagram. R-A-A-N-A-N comedy. Don't hit the table while you say it so people can hear you. What's his name? It'll be in the, uh, the below in the little info box. Wait, what's that called? Drop down. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, drop it. R A A N A N comedy. Yeah, follow me and uh, yeah, follow my YouTube channel because I'm gonna have a special coming. I mean, it might be on something else, but Ronan you know, is someone that you can repeat his jokes at a party and seem like the smartest, funniest person there. Oh, thank That's you. That's the highest so compliment I can give to a comedian. That means so much. I really appreciate that. So incisive. Uh, so um, smart, clever. Like just like. Makes me jealous. Yeah, oh. you do seem very smart. When you listen at your favorite movies, I was like, oh, I should probably just go. <laughs> <laughs> Never heard. These are things that are played at film festivals. Oh Where did you see this? Toronto? But, um, yeah. Have and, you and, ever and, seen the Emoji movie? <laughs> <laughs> Pluto Nash sequel? <laughs> but, um, so it comes out, which days does it, is it drop? What days the does podcast? it? podcast? Yeah. Uh, Monday. Mm-hmm. Monday at 11.30 on YouTube and on- <laughs> Movie uh, Monday. Movie, movie Mondays. Mondays. Uh, we're on a bit of a hiatus because uh, <laughs> there's but no reason you, for this. Subscribe so you know when he comes back. Wait, is that allowed in no. podcasting? <laughs> yeah, we're going to talk. <laughs> well, no, no. Are we allowed to take hiatuses? Joe, Joe's making a movie and it's like a, a thing. He's, he's starring <laughs> in a movie. And, and so we just took a couple week break. We're getting back on in a week. Got but Lorenzo's yeah, have, oil too. You have 400 other. I, we've done a bunch. I right? know, but yeah, there's tons. And yeah. then, yeah, don't tell people that. They don't know you're taking a hiatus. But the next ones you will watch will be Footloose yes. and Dirty Dancing. Yes. Yes. We're going to do them all. and Because uh, I do. I do think it'd be great to do a little segment of like how to understand women series. Yeah, I'll yeah, we'll we'll do those. I'll, I guess I, I guess I have to start learning how to understand. But I like women. it. I think it's important because I think to me hearing really smart people talk about movies helps me learn about the world, it helps me expand my emotional range, it helps me have more patience and and um and be less defensive and it's a way that we all communicate without knowing we're even communicating really deeply and I forget that sometimes. I mean, I'm very touched with my woman's side. All I do is think about feeling fat and take bath all day. So like I'm already This is why there. we get along so well. Because <laughs> <laughs> we have both have the same inner yeah, monologue. Yeah, I'm already I'm already there. But like um uh yeah, yeah. 
but yeah, this has been awesome. It's, it's so fun. Thanks for having I me. I hope you come back again. Of course I will. Yeah. Yeah. And um, the best, anything else? I end these like super awkwardly and. Don't write elephant. Don't write elephant. Say, say can you clearly uh, say your Instagram? Clearly. And your... My podcast is Joe and Ron on Talk Movies. <laughs> You're the one who told me to do this. <laughs> My podcast is Joe and Ron on Talk Movies. Uh, it's available every Monday. And uh, follow me on Instagram, R-A-A-N-A-N Comedy. And follow my YouTube channel to see my new special that will be filmed and coming out in the fall. Unless he takes a hiatus. <laughs> Unless we take a hiatus. Um, and that's my YouTube, Ron on Hirschberg. Uh, and uh, I hope you were not distracted while you heard all these plugs. And uh, yeah. And I hope you're not a munchkin. <laughs> <laughs> Link In below. In which case, this is not the episode for you. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Get a creamy Oreo frappe or McCafe smoothie for less with 20% off any purchase of $10 or more. Only on the app. Limited time only at participating McDonald's. Valid one time per day. Visit McDonald's app for details. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.